I did my own character for like my character to be the guide who's overpowered as shit and can step in and help if you guys get stuck on something. Um, because it's not actually a it's an NPC. Yeah, it's overpowered. Yeah, like I'm an NPC, so you guys can't kill me even if you try. Okay. Um, pretty much max level at everything. I guarantee you, Ian's going to try to kill you the entire time. Wait, Ian's playing with you guys? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good lord. Does that make, does that make you want to come? <laughs> no. But I look forward to the stories and, and my Twitter feed blowing the fuck up. <laughs> it, 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 I think it's all just in that everybody. You know what he's going to name his character? I am or not? I am the. Uh, is it, it Ray something? It's going to be Wagoichi. It's going to be Wagoichi. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, he might go that route. <laughs> I did change back to Darth Pool today, by the way, because it's free right now to change your name once. Oh, oh I was one. I told that to Eric. I was telling Eric the story because he had just listened to the E3 podcast. I was like, "You see, Bradley changed his name." I was like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "Did that cost him like ten bucks to change his name?" I was like, "That's stupid." <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Brian Guy Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. Oh man, I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we're, we've been back. Mike spoiled a little bit what we'll be talking about. Uh, we've been away for a bit again. There's plenty of stuff for us to talk about. Uh, we're going to try to narrow it down to two ep- two things this episode, which are both i think fresh on our mind and i think it's safe to say we've we're all really excited to talk about these things with each other we've we've i know at least bradley and i have been texting back and forth about a few of these so the fact that we're finally able to talk in depth about this stuff it's it's exciting uh so we're gonna talk about season three of stranger things and we will be talking about spider-man far from home um so just to try to get into it uh as we try to do with most of our review-type episodes, uh, we'll try to talk spoiler-free up front before we get into the specifics. You will get a very clear spoiler warning before we dive into those, so feel free to listen up until that point <laughs> if you haven't seen e- either of them yet. Um, I will try to remember to add time codes in the episode description for what we're talking about, so if you want to bounce around to either of those topics, you can do that. And if you haven't seen either, you can you know just listen through our spoiler-free thoughts and bail out once we hit the spoiler warning. Uh, I guess hopefully we can do both of these in under two hours. Our track record for staying on time is pretty shitty, so we'll see how well we do. And like I said, since we haven't done this with a, in a while with each other, the chances are we could go off the rails very quickly, and this will be a three-hour episode, because that's kind of what we do on this show. We really need to be recording these, like, every week. I know, just to get it out. Just Yeah. To, it's It's cathartic. I feel like so often I'm like, I want to talk about stuff. But I gotta save it for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what the notes are for, Mike. You gotta start taking more notes. You're the host. That's your job. <laughs> um, all right. So let's uh, let's just jump into it. So we're gonna cover Stranger Things first. Um, and I'll just start with a basic question for you guys: How long did it take you to binge this season of Stranger Things? How long was the season? Eight episodes. I uh, know. I mean, like hours wise. Like, no, eight. I don't know. 
because they're about. I didn't stop it. <laughs> so immediately after it premiered at midnight. No, 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 not at midnight, but like that day, the fourth. All right, so you got like, through it in a day. Yeah, I went. No, day. I'm like, I started it and I never stopped it. Like it just played that whole all the way through without stopping. Okay. I thought that's what you meant. I thought like once you started it, how long did it take you to get to the end? But you're saying from. July fourth yeah. to the end, less than twenty four hours. Yeah, I wasn't counting like how many hours since it premiered did it take you, just like day wise. Less than twenty four. So, all right, so you're you're in, within the first day, Andy. How long did you take to finish? Uh, I think uh, it took us two days. Half, okay. Half one night, half the other. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I finished on the fifth. I did. Th- I think three and a half on the fourth, and then finished the other ones. On the fifth, so some sometime that that evening, that Friday evening, so two days ish, yeah, for me, yeah, it's it's, and I don't know why, I don't know if I got through the other seasons that quickly. This one, I just kind of felt like I just had to keep going. I feel like the other ones I've watched probably within a week. This might have been the quickest one for me. The the first one I went a little slower with, I think, because it wasn't as apparent to me how awesome it was yet. You know, I mean, like it was fun to watch that first season. And then by the time you got to the end of it, you were like, oh, my God. But when you first started, it was like, eh, we'll check this out. And you watched an episode or two, and then you just kind of moved on. Season two, I binged straight through. Did kind you of same day? Was it that quick? I don't remember specifically. It may have been a day, two days, three days. I'm not sure, but I watched it very quickly. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, just if this is a sense of the quality of the season that I think we all got through it that quickly. It's my favorite season so far. Yeah, and I, you know, I was kind of feeling the same way, but I don't know if that's because it's fresh in my mind. But again, I think just the the speed at which I finished this is probably the quickest I've watched anything on Netflix. Fair. So I think I think that's safe to say that I I enjoyed it a lot. It looks like it's also breaking a whole bunch of viewing records on netflix as well yeah and i meant to bring that stat up and then i didn't so i might have to hunt and find it but because netflix doesn't release a lot of of viewer stats no i was surprised to actually see that information available because they put it on twitter i'm already considering like a second viewing which i don't think i did with season two at all (laughs) until just before season three like i rewatched the whole series before this Wait, the, both the first two seasons already? Yeah, right yeah. Like I watched this? the first two seasons before it just to lead into it. We finished way early because we didn't know how long it would take us. So we finished like a week ahead of time. But Yeah, okay, okay. Still, that leaves it pretty fresh in your mind. Yeah, exactly. Which is good, too, because I had to go through the... Um... Poor Dart. Aw, Dart. Because <laughs> I had to go through like the... I, I watched the recap, like the three or four minute trailer type thing that they put out before... The, like before you start the season, I was like, okay, yeah. I, could, I could go through a refresher. This will be good, and that at least helped me. Yeah, I mean that was probably enough, but I got a lot of time on my hands, so. Yeah, well, that happens. Yeah, it does. All right, for some reason, Twitter is not functioning for me right now, and I can't fucking see the stat that I was trying to find. It was their most watched show ever. Yeah, and I'm trying to. I wanted to get the numbers right, but I thought I remember it being like forty and a half ish, some somewhere around there, forty or forty one. That's 41. what I remember. Like like forty point four is what 
Yeah, it was like a million households watched, started to watch Stranger Things. And then out of those 40 and a half million, I think it was like 18, almost 19 million finished in the first four days. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. And honestly, it's a shame that these kids have to like keep growing and getting older (laughs) because... I would keep watching these kids making new seasons of this all the time. Oh, I know. But, oh, you know, I mean, eventually they're going to get too old to be making this, and it's not going to be, you know, it's going to go away eventually. You know? Right. Aren't the Duffer brothers on record saying they only wanted four seasons? They said four or five. I was, tra- uh, yeah, I was I trying to look I, at that. I think the Duffers, Andy, I think you're right. They were They have said four, and people took that as like, oh, they only need four. And then Sean... Levi or Le- Levy, however you say his last, na- last name, the guy that's producing with them, I think he's been with the show since the beginning, has said they are definitively doing four. There may be a possibility for five, but after that, it's probably done. So I think five is your max, and you, but you will at least get four. Yeah, there's one more coming. It's already scheduled. It has a release date and everything. Like I, I did that research. There is like a set release date, like next early. I think I'm going to say it's like early fall. Next year, well, yeah. If they if they do every year and a half, then yeah, I would put the put it around fall twenty twenty. Yeah. So that that fits their their timetable that they've been doing. Um, I I was gonna make a point, but I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll save it. I, I think I can make the one point I told you I would have to make. Yeah, and yeah. that's uh, because this is not spoilery. This is uh, a show filmed in the nineteen eighties, folks. There's a lot of people that smoke. In uh, the 1980s, it was pretty pervasive in our society at that time. And some people decided to complain, and Netflix said they're going to try and curb the amount of smoking in their shows going forward. (sighs) Just shut the fuck up, people. It's the (laughs) 1980s. It's being portrayed accurately with people smoking that much. They did. Inside restaurants. Right. Inside restaurants, on planes, on the bus. Everywhere, people were blowing smoke in your fucking face in the 80s. It's actually part of what society was like at the time. If you want an accurate portrayal, it has to be part of it. STFU! (laughs) Exactly. Just get over it. It's not encouraging kids to smoke now. It's not going to increase the amount of smoking now. I don't know why Netflix would even care. Like, people subscribed. They have your money. So who the hell cares? Well, I mean, they want more future subscriptions, and they also don't want to deal with jackasses up their ass about stupid shit. Like, of all the dumb things to complain about, this show is amazing, and you're like, there's too much smoking on it. Just proves people will complain about anything well, these days. It's the same they complaint will find with any TV something. show. Just, if you don't like it, watch something else. Exactly. You there's don't want enough your kids content, to see smoking? There's enough content out there for you to find something that fits within your little sphere of what you want to watch. And if you're an adult and watching this makes you want to smoke, that's a you problem. <laughs> that's true, yes. <laughs> uh, all right, so just uh, general spoiler-free thoughts on this season. What would you what would you like to get out there? Um, I feel like they paid a lot of attention to the soundtrack this time, more than other seasons. It felt like yes. the soundtrack was very present, at least in the first half of the season. There are so many, like, needle drops in every one of these episodes. Yeah. In every um, one, I'm, like, thinking, how much did they spend for that song? Right. Well, 
I don't think they're worried at this point with the popularity of it. Oh, that's what, yeah, the budget for this immediately feels far and away more than any other past season of this show. Definitely. Between the special effects and, and again, like you were saying, the the music, every time they drop the 1980s pop song in there, you're like, shit, all right. I feel like the first three episodes, it's like every scene has its own song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, everything is just, and it's it, and it's an awesome soundtrack. They killed it with every song. Like, every, everything was the like, the first episode, yep. I am down. What yeah. was your favorite song on the season? Oh, god damn it. I should have paid more attention I to what was I can't say that without it being a spoiler. Okay. Because that's I mean, my you guys know what I mean by that and that's my favorite song of the season. I don't I don't know if I immediately know what you mean by that. You might have to come back to that when we hit the spoiler section. Can we say artists? That wouldn't be very spoilery, would it? Just to say this song was in the show. Yeah, you don't have to say where it's used. Just say that it's in there. Yeah, my favorite was Weird Al. Fair enough. My I, you know that that's number two for sure. Oh my god, it was so awesome. <laughs> um, I smiled. I mean, Brian, from, you can, you know, oh, go ahead, go ear ahead. to ear. I was just like, this is great. Yeah. That's because Weird Al's amazing. Right. And yeah. in, in Weird Al, I mean, Brian, you were just like at the show or something, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He came He came to the Benetton with an orchestra. Was it awesome? It was fantastic. Uh, I did he do My Baloney? Uh, he did not do that one. No. Uh, the balls. The balls. But he encored with Yoda and the saga begins. So nice. oh, I, yes. can't, I can't hate that. Fair enough. Um... You you can determine if it's a spoiler after I say it, Brian. But my, my favorite song. <laughs> I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of trying to say. Spoiler. Well, you're telling me to say it, and like, and I'm saying I. If you are afraid, a spoiler, it is a spoiler. But if I just say, say it, it and I don't tell people where it's coming from, it's not a spoiler. Is the name of the song also the name of a movie? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Brian, should I bring this up or not? If if you are that afraid that it's a spoiler, do not say it now. If it's the name of a movie, you should know what I'm talking about. I'm still drawing a blank, and I feel like that's how is that possible? What? <laughs> too much pressure on what I remember. My memory is shit. A movie that a movie that is also the name of the song. Yes. Yeah, that is perhaps still... not part of the soundtrack, but maybe sung by a character and or his two. girlfriend. All right, we're moving on because I'm drunk. Holy fucking I... shit, are you kidding me? That's like the best moment from the whole season. So we'll get there. We'll get there in spoilers. Okay, yeah, we're going to get there in spoilers. But It's going to blow my mind. And I'm going to remember everything as soon as you say it. But for right now, the my yeah, it's gone. It's completely gone. I can't. This is why I write shit down, Mike. This is, this is why I cannot pull things from memory. How this didn't get wrote down is beyond me. So, Brian, you didn't have a favorite? Uh, song? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if I paid more attention to what was played when, I would be able to tell you. The one that stuck it out for me, again, was I noticed Huey Lewis in the first episode. So that's what I'm going with. Check your text, check your phone. Check. <laughs> oh, wait, there it is. All right, you guys vamp for time while I'm while I'm looking at my phone. I'm vamping. Uh, okay, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I'd, I'd say you. that, yeah, so that's spoilery. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to say it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
How did you not get it? I don't, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so confused. Like I said, it's like the best thing in the season. It, no, you know, no, we'll get into it in spoilers. This is this is why I'm not remembering it. <laughs> so I have a defense. What, I have an excuse. What the actual fuck, man? <laughs> Um, so, aside from the music, moving on so I don't look like such an asshole, what else was it about this season? People, he's going to seem like an asshole when we, te- when we tell you what he forgot once we get past the spoiler alert. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, anything else for, for you guys? I, I uh, specifically enjoyed the um, uh, relationships that they... Uh, reintroduced i guess in uh in this season because each it seems like each season of uh stranger things has different um i don't know how to put it uh relationships like that are kind of front and center you know like season two i mean this it's spoilery for season two, but I don't think that matters. But a lot of that season, yeah, a lot of that season was Hopper and L, yeah. you know, being together, you know, as as you know, like that dynamic of those two characters. And I liked right. what they did with all of the dynamic relationships this time as well. They like sort of switched it up a little bit, and I, I, I really thought that was a really good job on their part this season. Yeah. Um, a little. It's not. It's not a spoiler, but di- this is a did you know kind of little thing. Um, so, do you know who Robin was played by and who she actually is? Oh yes, I do. I know. I saw that. And again, she is. Will not she is Maya Hawk. She is the daughter oh, right. yes, of yes, Uma yes. Thurman and Ethan Hawk. And you can see both of them in her. It's really strange. It is. Yeah. You, once you like know that. Yeah. Then like, you look and you're like, whoa. And like well, she'll turn her you head. You don't and see you're it like, before you know like, it. Uma, Ethan, Uma, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's weird it is. because like before you know it, like because I didn't know that going in, and then my wife told me about it. And now I can't unsee that. Right? <laughs> like she did a very good job. If, if this is her first acting job, I'm not sure if it is or not. I feel like someone's got IMDb. Oh, Mike's got it. Um. <laughs> She did a really good job, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, this is her second. Well, damn. Good job. Her first was in the BBC adaptation of Little Women. Yeah, not... not I haven't what, seen that. I have <laughs> not seen that as well. Spoiler alert. I haven't seen that. Maybe maybe we should uh, do a never seen that with all of us watching that. I, I, I'm Pass. okay. I feel like there's, <laughs> there's better stuff that we can pick. <laughs> Uh, the ladies of the show that have been on it before that probably will listen to this. I hope at least they listen to this. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> well, if you do, go ahead and you guys go for it. Um, Little Women doesn't speak to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, someone can tell us how that show is. Um, Mike, is there anything else? Non-spoilery? Non-spoilery? No, I can't think of anything. Okay. Uh, I thought really all of the actors really sort of stepped up their game in this one. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, you're talking... Specifically, uh, I thought Hopper was fantastic. 
Yes. Um, I, it was great seeing um, Carrie Yules again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the new additions of the cast, I think, were all really good. Oh, yeah. Very, very good. Um, Andy, I think you were the one that talked about, like, to your point about the kids getting older now. I think you can definitely tell that. All the guys' voices are starting to get deeper. They all look really tall, even though they're supposed to, <laughs> I feel like, play younger kids. Right, right. And it, it was a little awkward because, you know, the 80s had all those really short shorts and you're just like... Yeah. That's not that's not a good look. But then you're like, well, Finn, the, the '80s were sort of fucked up, so Finn Wolfhard really needs to not skip leg day anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, kid. You you got chicken legs. Work that out. So did um uh Will whatever. Yeah, he did his yeah. name. Man, holy crap! You're like, dude, put some pants on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like oh. Like I said, stop skipping leg day. It's not, it's not something they should be skipping at this point. So, but I would add that I think the makeup department did fantastic, uh, especially with Chief Hopper. Okay. There's parts where you can see that he's smoking too much. You can actually see his skin looking kind of gray. I feel like they did that on purpose to like point out that he's going through all this stress and he's just smoking one after the other after the other after the other and it's starting to show in his skin so i i have sort of a question about hopper actually wasn't he just wasn't that actor just in uh hellboy yes Yes. he was hellboy so he would have been probably as about as ripped as he could be for that right probably i haven't seen that yet wait just for Stranger Things, or did he take the weight off for Hellboy? Or was yeah, it CGI in Hellboy? Because be. he would have yeah. been... Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen it, so I don't know how... I wanted to see it. I just Realistic. Yeah. I saw the reviews, and I was like, that, that was about the worst launched reviewed movie ever. Really? Yeah. It was that, it was that bad? Wow. I think it launched to like 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, God. Um, I like the other Hellboy movies, so. Well, they, this was not Guillermo del Toro. True. So. No, we're getting off the rails. Um, Stranger Things, David Harbour, uh, I don't know what he would have done. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he shot first. And even if he did do Hellboy first, I don't feel like Hellboy needs like six pack abs. No. I feel like yeah, he, he can still be... be a little bit bulky and still be okay. Yeah, you, you can get away with like the fat guy six pack on Hellboy. Yeah. So I don't know if there's there's much putting on and putting off. I mean, even with Hopper, it's probably easier to, like, if he thinned up a little bit for Hellboy, you could easily give him something to, to even if it's just like a little fat suit or something, just to put on a little bit more weight for Hopper. Yeah, just a bit, because it's not a lot. Like, he's not, like, me uh, as <laughs> Hopper. He, he, you know, he's just got a little bit extra around the middle and on the chin. Yeah. But, well, actually, no, because I think you do see him without a shirt on at some point, right? So you can't really fake that. Do you? Yeah, because doesn't he change into the Hawaiian shirt at one point? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, hey, kudos to him for hitting the buffet. Yeah. 
I also thought that they did a really good job with um, uh, the damage makeup with a lot of the characters. Oh, yeah. I know what you're... Yeah. Bruises, cuts, all that jazz looked, I thought, really realistic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I won't get into what you're talking about specifically. I didn't know how to word that non-spoilery, so... You did well. (laughs) Like, the, the damage makeup, the, you know, we, like... We don't. It's not spoilery to say that people get a little bit harmed in yes. the course of a Stranger Things yes. show. Saying who, blood might is be. spilled. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> there's blood in Danger Things deal with, or Stranger Things deal with. Uh, I think I, I feel like just from talking with these guys too. I think it's safe to say I think we all loved this season. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will add. I think the pacing is yet. great. Oh my! God. N- nothing. It never slows down. Yeah, because I think that's that's the sign of a good show. If it ropes you in like that, and like, because, and I feel like they do this in every season, but maybe it was more apparent to me in this season. It starts like a slow burn, and it definitely ramps up as you go through. And typically, when shows are paced like that, that's what hooks me and draws me in, and keeps me going through through the end of the season. Definitely. Um, and I think another part for me that stood out and and. I feel like this happened. It's better in this season, maybe more so than season two. But I felt like it expanded the world of the show a lot more. There's definitely in- implications yes. of like bigger factors at play, most of which are still unexplained. But it it hooks me in for where this is going. Yes, I'm thoroughly excited for season four of Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. There, there's one major spoilery question I can't ask until the time comes. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, when we get to the spoiler stuff, I think there's there's two questions off the bat that I feel like we need to talk about. Um, which I don't know if I it's, speaking of spoiler stuff, I don't know if I have anything else I could, I want to talk about non spoilery. So last call for any spoiler free thoughts from you guys, and then we'll dive into the spoiler stuff. Anything? Nothing? Okay. Uh, all right. So this is your first spoiler warning of the episode. We're going to dive into spoilers for Stranger Things three. If you haven't finished the season, pause this now, come back to us after you finish, or fast forward to our discussion on Spider-Man, which will probably be also a very short spoiler-free section. You pick it up from there. Either way, spoilers for Stranger Things are happening now. You have been warned. Wee-oo-wee-oo. Spoiler! Wee-oo-wee-oo. Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so we are into spoiler territory. We can talk about whatever we want to talk about. So... Two, I don't know if this coincides with the question you had, Mike. Two main questions for me that I, I mean, feel like I'm left with after this season. Is Hopper alive? Yes. And who is the American? Good question. That one I didn't think of. But is Hopper alive? I say absolutely he's in the upside down. That, that That's the... He's not a dumb guy by any stretch of the imagination. He puts two and two together very well. That is his only chance of survival in that circumstance is to jump through the portal so that's what i would like to believe as well yeah i I think he's definitely there that would be my first thought on that is he's definitely either they, they don't they very 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 intentionally do not show you him dying right they show you the others die not him that to me says we have not seen the end of Jim Hopper because we literally have not seen the end of Jim Hopper. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think 
When the show was over, my first thought was, oh, Hopper's the American. He's in the Russian prison. They somehow nailed him and took him with him. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that's too easy. So I'm with you guys. I think I think he escaped into the Upside Down. The portal is open. Like Andy said, that's his only form of escape in that moment. Just go through, fend for yourself, and try to just make it work. So, if the American is not Hopper, who do you think this American prisoner with the Russians is? I still think it's Hopper. I think it's Daddy. Daddy as in L's Papa? Yes. Papa. Yeah, that was the... uh, yeah, some someone actually brought that idea to my attention. I was like, ooh, that sounds really good. Because one, it would be a character we haven't seen since season one, which apparently has just been missing. Yeah. So that would be a fun little reveal. And two, it could explain why the Russians know all this stuff. That they've captured him. He's told them about what they were trying to do in Hawkins. And somehow the Russians thought it was a good idea that they should do the same thing. So I think I think that explains some of your world building there. Now the other idea I had, just because it's it's something that was set up in season two and left completely unanswered in this season, they don't even touch on it at all, is that what if the American could be another powered kid? Could be, yeah. Because we know there's at least one more and probably another what, at nine least, other kids? Yeah, I would say nine others since she's eleven. And she's the one that kind of ripped everything down. Yeah. So you assume that, I think, the sister she found was eight? Yes, I think I was right. So one through seven and nine and ten are out there somewhere. Yeah, so, it you know, if... Or dead. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of expected them... I, I almost expected when... when Billy and the the flare, the mind flare, were building an army that the army of kids would somehow show up to help our kids. I was kind of wondering if that was going to go that direction as well. Because they yeah. were setting it up like L is the only line of defense. If something happens to her, everyone's fucked. So I felt like it needed they needed some backup somewhere down the line. And they, they never addressed that. L doesn't call for help. She obviously has to remember that this other girl she sort of grew up with that has powers is out there somewhere and may actually be able to help. Granted, all this happens within like a couple days, so I guess there's really not time to reach out for someone that you don't really know where where they went or what they're up to, but I think in the next season, they definitely have to address that because that's a lingering plot thread. Yes, where are the other nine? What happened to them? Even if they're all dead, I'm okay with it. Right. But address it. Say it. Just a grave... A graveyard next to a science experiment center, just with Roman numerals one, two, <laughs> three, four. I'd, I'd be fine five, with that. Six. That would be an awesome opening scene. Yeah, of the whole season, just panning across that. Yeah, Kansas playing in the background. Dustin, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do believe I, I I'm with you guys. I think Hopper's in the Upside Down, and Mike. I think if I'm putting money on it, I'd say. Uh, Matthew Modine is back, and he's the American in the Russian cell. I think, personally, that uh, it's Hopper in the cell, and the Russians have a portal that is open and have found him and captured him. Uh, so he went through one side of the country, or one side of the planet, and came out the other? Right. Gotcha. Okay. I accept both theories. Like, yeah, I, I think the one that you're saying, Brian, is more likely because we need answers on what happened 
with that character because they yeah, told another... us in season two very much, no, he's still alive. Right. It's another lingering plot thread that needs addressed, and I think that would be right. a good way to bring it back around. Right. If not for that, I would think more along what Andy said. See, I, I don't know why they would keep a guy like that in a cell, though, if he's giving them all that information. I don't think he's giving it to them willingly. It's truth serum. <laughs> the truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how awesome was that uh, dynamic between Steve and... Uh, Robin? Robin, yeah. That was awesome. It was yeah. fantastic, wasn't it? It was so well done on so many levels. The way they start out with her keeping score for him on his failures <laughs> talking to girls. Yeah. <laughs> and then with him ending up falling for her and her being a lesbian in the end and having to have that discussion with him. That was so well done on like just so many levels that they touched on there. And I love that it was something that could have like really ruined their relationship. But as soon as after that reveal happens, they're right back where they were. Yeah, close yeah. friends joking with each other. Like Steve yeah. handles it the way Steve handles everything, where he's just like he's a dumbass, but he's a genuinely good person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, "Well, that didn't go my way." Shit, <laughs> and then he just kind of like, "Well, moving on." Yeah, and, you know, just goes right along with life. Like I don't, I don't know where I could rate like characters in that show. Like who is my favorite and stuff like that. Hopper probably is obviously up there, but near the top, if not the top, has to be Steve the Hare Harrington. Oh yeah, he's. Fantastic. I love that they added the hair. <laughs> and, and his like the hair Harrington. His character arc just from all three seasons, if you look at them comprehensively, um, is so strange. Because I fucking hated him in the first season for most oh, of the yeah. season, you know, for and, yeah, and the he, first three quarters. Yeah, and you're and and then he's sort of like you know at the end you're like wow actually he's sort of redeemed himself and I I'm a sucker I am a big sucker for redemption stories. <laughs> uh, I you know um, don't tell Paula. <laughs> and um, you know when Boromir, you know defends the two hobbits and fellowship of the rings i still shed a tear every goddamn time um and shed a tear for every sean bean death ever and quite quite frankly i thought billy was quite the redemption story in this oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah i i almost i was very close to shedding a tear for him there because i thought that that was very well filmed and i thought they built to it very well and the uh the score for that scene, I thought, was also extremely fitting. Yeah. Yeah, Billy in this season, one, um, you know, I kind of went into this season feeling like, what is this character's name? I have to look it up. Uh, what is this actor's name? Uh, um, I don't, yeah. Dacre Montgomery. Yeah, Dacre, Docker, I don't know how to say his first name. It's the red fucking um, Power Ranger. Yeah, I, I, I still don't <laughs> know how to say his first name. Um, but I feel like he went into this kind of, I think Amy labeled him this way as like a low rent Zac Efron. Um, <laughs> and I feel like he kind of shed that by showing a real range here and being better than he was like the whole arc with, um, what was her name? Son of a. Miss Wheeler, Wheeler. Car yeah, Mrs. Wheeler, Karen Wheeler, it, like the whole arc with her at the beginning 
one, it had me laughing the whole time. Oh, it was fantastic. But it's also like, you know, I understand where that woman's coming from with the man that just is asleep on the chair in the same spot every night. <laughs> um, but it, his his range that he's able to play in this season was really, I think, an improvement on his acting from last season. I think last season, there's the moment for me in last season that stood out that already told me he had plenty of range was where you see the crack in his armor at the end of season two. With his dad, you mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you see exactly why he is the way he is and how it affects him. And he tries to just push through it and keep going. That scene for me still stands out. I agree. And we get a little bit more about him in uh, when L goes into his memories. Yeah, they definitely fleshed that specific part of season two out more in this one, which is cool to see. Yeah. Yes. And I like that they, they bring that all back around and stuff at the end, too, for him. And if we're talking favorite characters, I'm still going with Dustin, personally. <laughs> um, and, and I'm going to bring this right back around to you guys have been maybe wondering or maybe you've been laughing at Brian the same way we have. <laughs> um, the thing Brian couldn't remember is when in Susie insists that Dustin sing the never-ending story theme song with him. Um, I don't know how Brian forgot about that. To me, that's the like the highlight of the entire season is that very moment. And it was actually quite a pretty decent duet, honestly. I didn't know that he could sing, and he did a very good job. Maybe it's a Freddie Mercury thing where, like, the extra teeth for Freddie Mercury helped and his lack of teeth helps in some way. (laughs) I don't know. I wonder how many takes that that took. Because they didn't really play the song, right? It was just them singing over the music. So that's why, to me, it didn't click as, like, having a licensed song in there. But I loved when they were singing it, and you just saw the reactions from all the other characters. <laughs> yes, like for example, like, uh, Lucas's yeah, Lucas's sister is like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's another thing. That girl, she was at a showing of, I think it was like they they showed Stranger Things too, in it's in Squirrel Hill somewhere. And like prior to this season coming out, they showed it, and they like they said like, "Oh, this actress is gonna be here." To, like, you know, like, meet and greet fans. And everybody was like, oh, his little sister's going to be there from season two. Uh, okay. And then you watch, you know, like, nobody cared because it was like she had, like, what, ten lines in season two? Right. And you come into season three and you're like, holy crap, she's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like they talked about shortly after season two that she was going to be bumped up to a regular in three. Like she, she made right, enough of but an you impression. Still hadn't, that they, like, they bumped her up and gave her more screen time. Right, but you still hadn't seen like enough to be like, oh man, I definitely want to meet this actor. You know, no, what I mean? like yeah. I, you know, like I gotta go and meet her. You didn't have that. Whereas, like, had this, had they done this in, you know, this viewing after I had seen this season, I would have went right to that and been like, oh my god, I, you know, I want to get her to say something sassy to me. And. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, I, I loved her arc discovering her inner nerd as the season wore on. Yeah. I I actually loved that arc of her denying it, denying it, denying it, and gradually, like, accepting what she really was. Yeah, they bequeathed all of their Dungeons and Dragons equipment <laughs> to her. Yes, and she smiles over it. She's like, you yeah. know what, I do like this stuff. <laughs> you know? I I dig that. 
I, I digged her arc a lot this season. You know who has probably the most rotten luck in all of Stranger Things? I mean, if you say anybody but Will, I think right. it's exactly <laughs> Will. <laughs> he has the most rotten luck. His entire story arc from all three seasons, including this one, is just like, you just feel so bad for the kid. Yeah, he finally gets a season where he's not... Constantly. Yeah, like he's not fucked by the upside down and all this stuff going on to him. But he's completely fucked over by his friends. Guys, that's my (laughs) D&D. And they're all like, we got shit to do. We have girls now. (laughs) And it's like, oh man, I wanted to play D&D. I just, like, I wanted to take Will and be like, come to my house and play. Right, right. I don't think a grown ass man should be. That was actually one of my favorite Yeah, that sounds wrong now that I think about it. (laughs) That actually was one of my favorite scenes from the season, though, was when he uh, he sort of has his little mini breakdown at uh, Castle Byers. Castle Byers. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that like... I thought that actor did an, a fantastic job of showing real emotion there. I agree. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, did anyone else think that uh, Dustin? His girlfriend was fake or real? Did anyone believe in Susie at the beginning of the season? I no, no. <laughs> wow, we're on opposite ends. I, you know, I had faith in Dustin. Dustin wouldn't have lied about that. Yeah, I was kind of leaning towards that. I don't think it's something he would just drastically make up just to lead his friends along for all the effort that he was putting into it. Yeah, like that's the whole thing. He wasn't just like, oh yeah, I met a chick and banged her at camp. He's like, no, nah, I made this giant radio that I can talk to her across the country with because all this. And it's like, they're all just like, eh, whatever. And I don't know. I feel like they treated him like shit. Did you guys notice uh, similarities at all with the the Russian, the main Russian agent, assassin? Oh, I don't know what Smirnoff. Smirnoff. No, no, no. That's Alexei. Oh, you're talking not, about you're the Terminator, not... motherfucker. I was yes. Oh, okay, even okay. the music they played behind him sounded vaguely Terminator esque. Well, yeah, every step that he took sounds like this weighted metal guy. Yeah, taking a footstep. Yeah. And, and I did not I think swear, he was human. Yeah, and I swear, like if they would have started going, da 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 da, da I'd have been like, ah, ah, Terminator tie-in, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he had that face too. Like he just looked yeah. like the Terminator. Yeah, he looked like a low rent Dolph Lundgren. Like he just <laughs> he had that feel to him, like this big <laughs> giant Russian. And yeah, like there were a lot of the season, I felt like he was an experiment. I felt like he may have been like somebody, like maybe he was number one or something. You know, what I mean, like they were going to reveal that because he always had that extra thud to his step, that extra yeah. strength that, you know, yeah. he seemed superhuman in some way. Turns out he was just human. But yeah, but badass strong human. because I mean, what the first thing you see is him killing a guy with one hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. Just choking like just lifting him off his feet and choking him to death. <laughs> that cannot be easy. That sets the tone for you as a villain. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that. I mean, it's not easy, but it definitely is like something where you're like, okay. You know, like, in, like I said, that's kind of where it sets that he might not be human thing. Right. But, 
which made me enjoy all the fights that him and Hopper got into, because you just know Hopper is outmatched the entire time, and you're waiting for him to do something to get the upper hand. Right. Yeah. Which, those fights were brutal, too, but I loved every single one. Oh, that that final fight was awesome. Yes. And he's a big dude. Oh, yeah. There's a reason they chose him to be Hellboy. He's a big dude, and this guy was towering over him. So it was definitely something where they chose the right guy. You had to choose a really big dude to be intimidating to Hopper as a character. Because not only is Hopper just a big, strong guy, he's also, like, a cop who's had to deal with a lot of shit. And he's got a gun, and he's armed, and he's all these things that would make, like, a cop more intimidating as a big person than just a normal big person. And then you got all that to add on to it. Just speaking of being a cop and having a gun made me think of the fight where Joyce tries to throw him the gun. <laughs> completely whiffs and throws it to the other guy. In, in, in that moment made me think of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you guys have ever watched, but when they all have the boat. They, they finally go out and buy the boat and Charlie looks to Frank and says, Oh, throw me the keys. And Frank just throws them overhand right into the water. He's like, ah, <laughs> oh, that's how I throw. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. It worked for me. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like she was better this season, too. I don't think they, they overplayed her. Like, she had enough to do, but wasn't, like, the focus, I don't think, as she has been in past she, seasons. She seemed a little whiny in season two, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, I liked that she was very, very, very um, spunky in this one, I guess is a good word. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I loved her and Hopper dressing up as the Russian agents and going in when they're like, oh, yes, just if anybody asks you anything, just smile and nod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that character, what was his name? The guy Which that character? led them in there. Oh, the one that knew the, Russian? The, the translator. Uh, Bald Eagle. Yes, Bald Eagle. He was awesome. He that was. guy was amazing. He was really good. The uh, Alexei Smirnov was pretty good, too, actually. Yeah. For just yeah. speaking Russian the whole time and, and was, conveying emotion. I yeah. was actually uh, upset that they actually got rid of him. I know. Poor guy just won that big stuffed animal. Yeah. He was all excited. <laughs> He's going to have some corn dogs. Damn it, now I want a corn dog. <laughs> so when uh, Hopper and Joyce were planning their date... I feel like that solidified one of them going, and I would have put my money on Joyce. Yeah. Yep. I would not have guessed. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of glad that I was still surprised by that. It sucks that Hopper's like, you know, in limbo or whatever. But I'm I'm glad that they still surprised me with that ending. I. I'm not. I I did not peg it as being Joyce. Had this been season two where Will was involved, I would have pegged it as her. <laughs> But being the way things kind of turned out, I felt like it was definitely going that route, but I felt like it would be him. I felt like she gave more of a goodbye before they went on their mission. Like, had she disappeared or something happened to her, that was a fitting end to saying goodbye to her kid. Fair enough. What did you guys think of uh, Nancy and um, the other buyer's boy? John. Jonathan. Yeah. 
Yeah, I still want uh, Nancy and Jonathan spinoff where they're just monster hunters. <laughs> like, I don't really care what else happens. Just give them a car with some weapons and traps and guns and just let them hunt shit. I'm, I'm all for that. Kind of like Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, You know, I would get on board with that. Let them get I, a spinoff. Hell yeah. I, I thought it got a little bit... That might have been my only complaint from the season, is their story arc was maybe a little too slow. Slammed. At the beginning. It, you know, it, I feel like Jonathan had much to do. It was definitely more Nancy's story, which right. is fine. I just, for a main character that's been in all the other seasons, he kind of got put on the back burner, I felt like. He really did, yeah. And I felt like her story, while trying to make a statement, was also very predictable and... Yeah. Like, it, it, it felt dry to me. Like, it felt like, okay... I, I knew what was coming the whole time as soon as she started complaining about where she was working at. It was like, all right, well, this is they're going to play this out over a few episodes where she's ridiculed at work for being a girl. Okay. And I like it, it did it well. I just feel like it was maybe a little too on the nose in how they handled it. If that, it, like, a little bit trying to think of the right way of saying it, it, it like just blatant and it, it, instead of like showing like an actual they, they tried to show an actual struggle but it was more along the lines of just like the over-the-top obnoxious misogynist at work with her as opposed to just the struggle of trying to overcome people not respecting her it was the over-the-top making fun of women openly kind of thing that I was like, eh. we could have got the, the time, point I feel like that's without that. Completely legit though. Like that, that shit happened. So it's like, if they didn't put it in there, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to tell which way to go with that. I feel like it happened, but I feel like it's also something where they could have done it in a more creative way. Yeah, maybe like, I don't know. I feel like it's a very easy way to paint a villain. Of a coworker that's just like, hey, honey, do this. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like a poor commercial villain is the way what they created at work with her. As opposed to a better, more fleshed out, bad person. Well, I guess, yeah, they technically weren't the villains until they all got possessed. They're just assholes. That's a villain. So. That was somebody that you didn't feel bad died. Well, yeah. But they weren't they weren't part of the the villain plot. They were just assholes. Right, but I don't know. Like I'm I'm trying to think of a way to put it. Like I felt like they were villains. I felt like they were scripted as like bad guys. And I don't know. Yeah, I guess I didn't see them getting tied up. I, I didn't I I'm I'm classifying them as assholes, and then they get classified as a villain when they become part of the main story plot. So once they started to be possessed, once her boss gets possessed, he is now a villain. And then it, the Busey isn't a villain until you fucking see him possessed in the hospital or wherever they were at later. See, I, and I think that's where you and I disagree. Is I think when he's acting yeah, that fine. way, he's a villain. He's somebody that is being cast in a role where it's like... It's okay to kill this person in a very gruesome way. Because they deserve it. 
like they like they got what's coming to them. Yeah, I mean, for it builds being the that, way they've sure. been as a character. And I and like I I I classify that myself as a villain. Yeah, I don't know where I I don't know if I'm even explaining it right anymore, but that's that's where my feelings lie, I guess. Fair enough. Um, Andy, I feel like we're cutting you off. Where were you going? Uh, I wanted to ask. I was um, a little confused about when Billy first enters the Upside Down, I guess. There's a bunch of people that sort of approach him and he sees himself. Yeah. I feel like they never really addressed that after that. Did I miss something? I felt like that was something that was happening to every character that got, I don't know if possessed is the right term or so, whatever the hell happened to them. Right. So I feel question, like they were all their upside down selves. Right. So are those people still alive in the upside down is what I'm trying to get at? I, I don't think that physically they are. I feel like mentally they got overtaken by their upside down self. Okay. Because we see at the end, Billy overcomes it and becomes himself again. Well, see, that kind of blows up on the whole thing, though. Is it is it like a just mental thing, like in your head, or is it an, an actual physical person in the Upside Down? Like there's a doppelganger, because they've never established that in previous seasons. I don't think they answered that here. I feel like that's something that, that maybe never could be answered. That we all have a, like a, a zombie version of ourselves in the Upside Down. I was under the impression the Upside Down is its own separate thing, right? Where you can cross over between the two, but you there is no duplicate of you over there, right? That that sort of threw me for a little bit of a lurch. I'm like, that's kind of a strange thing there. And then that sort of spun me on this weird theory that the Russians were trying to use the Upside Down to clone people for bigger armies and whatnot yeah okay but that didn't pan out either yeah i mean that was actually one of the questions i had i was going to present to you guys is like what is the russians ultimate plan here right that's i wasn't sure that i that, feel like that they're was, on the same thing right that never the explained Americans why were. they're doing what they're doing i feel like i mean it came upon them i feel like the same thing like with the americans like i feel like the upside down kind of showed itself to them and then they started fucking with it because they didn't want to be behind in the upside down race or of any sort. You because know, like this is the, the 80s, so this is right in the middle of the Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess I could see that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going off the assumption that, that Matthew Modine's the one that's in the cell. And he's somehow telling them about what they found. And for some reason, they think that's a good idea. Or there's something they want or need out of that place. And that's why they're trying to get in there. I think it's like like the same thing with most of the Cold War. They were afraid that the other side might know more about something useful than them, so they looked into it. So it's just scientific curiosity for the Americans and the Russians. I curiosity with the intent of superiority in it. Like they're they're, okay. they're intent on being the power in terms of whatever that is. All right. Just like they were I mean, with yeah, I guess I space, with arms, with everything. They wanted to outdo the other. All right. I can buy that. But, yeah, I don't know. I still feel like like that's that's a plot point that needs to be explained for me in a, in a sequel season, whether it's four or I five. I think it will be. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious like, what the ultimate goal here is. 
with, with, with the whole American thing, we're obviously getting more to do with the Russians after this season. And I think that'll answer a lot of the questions that you're having right here. Yeah. Hopefully. If they tie up the loose ends, it will answer the question. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, another loose end. Do you think Elle will get her powers back? That's a good question. Why did she lose them? Right. Nah, I, was I don't know that either. I was sort of confused by that as well. She mentioned something that I thought was a little odd about her battery needing to recharge. And Hopper sort of said, I know. It will. I know. Well, they kind of, like, Mike alludes to that earlier on. Like, how much is too much for her? Right. Because they just keep putting it all on her. She'll figure it out. She'll take care of it. She'll do all the work. And maybe she just used so much effort to get that little piece of the the monster out of her leg that it finally just put her over the top and that, that was the end of it. Maybe. Because, again, the season is, like, nonstop. So I don't know how... Doesn't feel like there's a long passage of time. It might be a couple days. So if she's just constantly fighting these things off at every turn, I could see it just needing to like take a break. Like there's gotta be some limit to her powers. She is still just a kid. Yeah, that too. It could be blood loss too, because I feel like she's lost a lot of blood between using all the powers and cutting the thing out of her leg. We also still don't know why she has the powers. We I mean, know that they than, experimented on her, but yeah, we don't know what they did to give her. them to her. Maybe something that, with that monster going into her, sucked it out of her in some way. So I I feel like if we go back to like season talking about season two at some point, I've, my, my prediction with season two was that we were going to get some sort of like Dark Phoenix type storyline with her. I felt like her power set is a little bit reminiscent of Jean Grey. I thought it'd be a really Similar. interesting spin if she became the bad guy, whether she's possessed by the monster or just becomes really angry and starts to use the powers for the wrong reasons. And it would be fun to see all of our kids go up against her and try to bring her back. So when this thing infects her, I was like, oh, they're going that way. And then they, they took it out of her leg and she was fine. So I don't. they still haven't gone that route for me, but I still think it would be something fun from a story standpoint to see. How I awesome feel like... was that hopper squish, though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was satisfying. You're like, Hopper's back. <laughs> well, you're waiting the whole season for everybody to get together and compare notes. And then right. when they're finally all in the same spot, it's 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 satisfying. It is. It really is. And, I mean, Hopper and Mike, that dynamic with him getting so pissed about, like, Mike and L, I found that to be one of the most endearing things of the whole show. Yeah. I mean, that, that set that character up is like, you know what? He's no longer just a guy watching over it. This is Dad now, yeah. and Dad is like, he does. He has no idea how to handle this situation. He, he was completely unprepared to be a dad of a young girl. Like he didn't have the time of raising her from a baby up. He just got her right before she became a teenager, and he has no idea what the hell he's doing, and his complete ignorance. Of Joyce's advice when he just takes Mike to the truck and he's just like, I will fucking end you or whatever the fuck he actually says to him. He just goes off on him. It was just like, yep, that, you know, I feel like I was in Mike's position in more than one occasion in my life. But to be fair, Mike was a complete dick to him right before that. So I completely understand both sides of that scenario. 
Oh, no, I'm not saying you don't understand it. It's just like Mike pushes him to that point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Mike was Mike... kind of a dick the whole season, honestly. I didn't really care for his character much at all. Yeah, I could see that. I, honestly, Finn Wolfhard is better at playing a dick than he is at playing an endearing character. <laughs> like, if you watch him in It, he is a very good asshole. And I feel like he portrayed that much better this season with this character. Um, so where do you think uh, we go next season? Because the way the season ends, the buyers leave. So the gang has split up. So do you think they come back in a later season? Does the story sort of follow them? Are we going to be split off for part of the season? Like, where do, where do we go from here? Any ideas? Russia. <laughs> well, that's that's probably a given. Yes, that's a good call. The upside down. Probably another given. Yes, I guess I guess I'm trying to ask specifically with the buyers leaving. <laughs> what 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 are we doing here? I don't Illinois. know. Illinois. Is that is that where we're going? We're going to Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the way they ended this season, I honestly felt like this was. Had they killed Hopper, I would have accepted that ending as an end. Yeah. And that's where, like, I was actually looking up after I watched the ending of this, like, is there going to be another season? What did they just do? I did do? the like, exact thing. I, I was like, well, how many seasons How many seasons did they have planned? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I didn't feel like this was going to be the end, but it certainly felt like an end to the series as yeah. they're all parting ways. Yep. And... I don't know where they're going to start and how they're going to bring the characters together next season. So, part of me, I, like, this was sort of a thought I had just from spinning off of, like, these kid actors are getting older. So, I feel like you're going to have to have some sort of time jump in the next season because these kids are not going to be able to pass for teenagers much longer. 1990. So, okay. So, the other thought I had was what if it's something almost like It Chapter 2 and we get adult versions of these characters coming back to Hawkins to have to deal with this thing again. That's awesome. What if they don't recast the, like they don't bring these kids back at all? What if they just or recast just everybody for into an adult version? Yeah, yeah, something like that too, yeah. Like, I'd actually love to see who they would cast as older versions of these characters and just play it out either in I mean, late 90s or 2000s or something. It would be kind of funny if they went with Bill Hader again for oh, yeah. Mike, <laughs> you know, because he's already getting the character in It. Right. Is an older Finn Wolfhard. I think that'd be funny if they did that again. Um, that would Ren, be. Interesting. I don't think they're going to do that. I think that's a that's a that's a pipe dream for me. That would be I'd, a I'd fun like to season. See it. That you know, and that's a way to extend it if they decide to come back to it in a few years. Well, that's true too. Yeah, if the kids don't want to do it anymore, they're getting too old to pass as the time frame they want to use. Yeah, just push it forward twenty years and go from there. Yeah, just for the hell of it. Just give us a Stranger Things you know, year 2000 where they're all listening to Backstreet Boys or some shit. <laughs> but that's a fun way to tell a story too because you've, there's a noticeable time jump. You're going to see changes in these characters that you don't know what happens and then you fill in the gaps as the as the story goes for that season. That could be fun. So, I don't know. That's uh, I'm throwing it out. I'm, I'm throwing it out there in case it sticks. I can be like, look, I fucking told you but I'm probably wrong. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how the story pulls everybody together because I don't think you can split off the group. I think this show works best with these characters together. So the fact that we lose Jonathan, Will, Joyce, 
to to just moving away. And I guess we don't we don't know where they moved to, right? Or how far away I they left. I thought she said they were going somewhere specific. I thought she said they did. Maybe they left us a hint though, because they did say they were coming back for was it Christmas or Thanksgiving? They did. Yeah, so maybe the that, holiday. Well, right. well, that was um, that was Eleven's going there for Thanksgiving, and he's and coming for Christmas or yeah, something. yeah, or vice versa, whatever it was. Like one of them's going. So, one. yeah, that's right. Eleven left too. I forgot. Yeah, she went. Yeah, with so maybe Mark. Joyce stays away, right? And the two kids come back for whatever holiday. Mark me down. The next one is going to be during a holiday. <laughs> Which holiday? Which which holiday? It could take place on? over Thanksgiving between turkey, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Turkey Day. Thanks. Okay, Thanksgiving it is. Andy's going Thanksgiving. I like it. God damn it! Why isn't it November? <laughs> well, soon enough. But yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, they have to bring everybody together. I I feel like the show wouldn't work if everybody's still split off like that. So I'm I'm curious. Although it did, it makes sense to me because. At least that they moved. Because you start thinking logically. Like, if you live there and three... This fucking shit happens three times in the last three years. You would fucking move. Why would you stay there? <laughs> Why would anybody stay in this town? Right. So, I that makes logical sense to me that, from a story standpoint. So, I'm glad that they actually extended that and played it forward. Especially now that everything's, like, sort of in the open with all, like, the exposure and the media and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I am. I'm definitely curious to see where this goes. Any any final predictions for what's going to happen? I, I had one more major thought as opposed okay. to prediction to end it with, but it, it's just how awesome the monster was. The, the, no, the yeah, giant again, six-legged monster at the end of this, like holy shit, that thing was fucking cool. It was again just from the budget, special effects wise, that thing looked amazing. Yeah, compared to like TV special effect. Demigorgon that you had in season one to movie quality special effect monster in this season. Mm-hmm. It is a definite step up. Yeah. How cool was that with the uh, with the fireworks? Oh my god, that scene. Yeah. Yeah. That so badass. Awesome. So like so much of what they did this season was just so much better than you could have anticipated it being. Um. All right. Any final thoughts for? Stranger Things. I think, Mike, I think you and I have said it. This is probably our favorite season it's of the show. My... Andy, is this where does this rank for you as far as the other seasons? I would say this is my favorite season. Okay. All right. We are all on the same page for that one. Um, all right. Yeah. Last call for any other Stranger Things things. Nothing. All right. So we are going to move on to Spider-Man. So... Uh, this is the 23rd movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and released only two months after the biggest Marvel movie ever, which was Endgame. Um, Endgame was a lot to digest, as it is. Uh, Far From Home, I think, serves as an end cap to Phase 3 of the MCU. Um, so, again, just general spoiler-free talks about the movie. Um, where, where do we... I feel like, it, again, with... All of our general spoiler-free stuff. I feel like there it ends up being very quick sections because we all just want to get into the nitty-gritty specific stuff. But for you know someone that hasn't seen this movie that may or may not want to see this movie, what would you want to tell said person if they are listening to this? See this movie. 
three-word review. It's really hard to add spoiler-free stuff to this. Because <laughs> I have so much in here that's not spoiler-free. I thought it was a really good sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming, I guess, maybe didn't hit the notes I thought it would have with me. But okay. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie quite a bit more than Homecoming. Yeah, I think maybe it's just because it's fr- I have a problem with stuff that's fresh in my mind. Like, I feel like I really need to digest stuff over like the course of a month. And then even what I probably should do is go rewatch movies that I'm trying to compare to and try to keep things all sort of fresh. Um, but after seeing this movie, <clears throat> I feel like it very quickly jumped up to like top five of MCU for me. It was I thought it was that good and really stuck with me after seeing it. Top five is really tough not to crack these days. I know, and I'm surprised that I put it up there that quickly. But I it, like I got to see it a couple more times before I'm willing to say that. Yeah, because I mean I'm up to three, and I still really enjoy it after three times. I've only seen it once. I have not gone back yet. Um, but I I plan to very soon. Um. I mean, I feel like mm. the stuff I can talk about anyway. Uh, Tom Holland has solidified for me the best Peter Parker Spider-Man. Not that I was, I felt like there was any contest or doubt prior to this, but I absolutely fucking love him in every Marvel movie he's been in. Yeah, Peter Parker Spider-Man. Right. I I, I, fe- I feel like um, Tobey Maguire did a decent job of being like the nerdy Peter Parker, and I feel like Andrew Garfield did a decent job of being the um, quippy Peter Parker, but I feel like yes. Tom Holland is the best of both worlds. Yes. Yeah. I feel like the other two really felt like they were acting. And I feel if like you Tom call Holland Toby Maguire acting. Well, trying to be what <laughs> they were. I feel like Tom Holland is being himself with an American accent. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like that's just who he is, and he's kind of just getting to be himself on camera. Yeah. Which I think is why it gets over so well. Yeah, I think it's I, th- I think it's hands down my favorite Spider-Man movie to date. Homecoming's been up there for me too. I, re- I have really enjoyed Homecoming. Um, I, I definitely I, would say that. I think I think this one surpasses Homecoming for me. I, I would say this is my favorite Spider-Man for sure. Top yeah. five MCU, I'm not sure about that. See, Spider-Man's uh, up there as far as like favorite Marvel character for me. So that I carry, I think, a little bit of bias that way. That, that his movies always tend to rank higher for me, maybe than others. Oh no, I I mean I get that. I don't know. Spider-Man Two with Tobey Maguire sort of has always had like a special place in my heart. I think that's a, a very good movie in my opinion. It is. The thing with, like, so because this movie was released, like, I feel like there were two or three different channels all playing Spider-Man movies this past weekend. So I kept catching different Spider-Man movies and watching them. And I didn't get catch Spider-Man 2, but Spider-Man 1, watching it now, I don't know how well it holds up. Oof. Is it bad, really? The Raimi ones definitely have this campy feel to them, which might have been just the way they the tone they were going for back then like that would have been the way to make the movie is put it make it a little bit more campier but there's something to be said about the tone for the marvel movies now 
and just having just a sense of fun in everything they do. And even like this one, Far From Home is definitely the fallout from Endgame. So you're dealing with those events and it's a little bit, I guess, cathartic through this movie just after the weight definitely. of Endgame. But it still keeps some levity and it's still fun through this movie. Which I don't know if I can say that I've had a lot of fun watching Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Spider-Man 2 is still a decent movie. The first one and the third one, I would say never were. The third one specifically, I could not stand. And the Andrew Garfield stuff, the first Andrew Garfield movie, I felt like it was working because of him and Emma Stone and Martin Sheen and Sally Field. And that's about it. Those things were working. The, you know, that, like, that storyline that they were trying to tell with the whole, you know, Gwen Stacy's, death of Gwen Stacy's storyline between the two movies. Up until the Electric Eel Electro, Jamie Foxx thing, <laughs> I was on board with those movies. And then as soon as I seen the promos for that, I said, what the fuck are they doing? Why would Electro look, why do they, what did they do? Why would he look that way? Um, these movies... I think are hitting it nail on the head in the two movies that they've done. Michael Keaton as Vulture was amazing. And everything they did with this movie, the way they leaned into the way Jake Gyllenhaal looks as Mysterio is great. I love that they gave him the fishbowl. The the, the fishbowl, the the smoke in the fishbowl, like the like out- ten years ago, I don't feel like they would have made that call for Mysterio. It would have been some grounded costume that doesn't fit. They wouldn't have had the special effects to make it look good. Well, even that too, yeah. So they they would have shied away, and they went full on into it this time. And I think that's something that a lot of comic book movies are learning in the last five, ten years. Let's say since you know Iron Man really kick things off and yeah, super suits are cool now yes make it look like the comic books that's what yes. people want to see there's a Absolutely. reason those comic books were popular and sold so much when they did and it's not because people wanted to see something else and i'm sure they realize they could sell like merchandise and action figures this way too yeah of course because i'm a sucker for alternate costumes you give me some costume changes and i, I fucking love all that shit I had to yeah. go back and play freaking Spider-Man on PS4 just because they put the two costumes from Far From Home in there. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to suit up as Spider-Man from Far From Home and swing around the city. That wasn't enough to get me to go back. Just a different skin wasn't... Skins don't get me back. If yeah, it, yeah, if it was like me. a Far From Home DLC, I'd have been right back. But a skin, eh. Yeah, I was in there. At least for a day. I went back and played it for a day. Until they put instant kill mode in the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the in the PS4 game, if they put that in, I will go back and play it again. They have that if you it basically you wear the the costume where he's in his underwear, where everybody goes down in one hit, but so do you. Yeah, that's not instant. No, 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 that's not instant kill, Mike. Instant kill. I feel like instant kill mode. The way it's shown in Endgame is where Peter doesn't even do stuff, and the suit just kills everything around him. Yeah, see, that's no fun from a player standpoint. I mean, you could be controlling. 
I, I'm just never mind. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anything. Anything else? Uh, I thought Gyllenhaal did fantastic. Yep. He was great. Um. About that, I would say, if you told me we need to cast Mysterio, I would never in a million years have said Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. But he works so damn well. He as really Mysterio. did. It's one of those things where it's like, I never knew I wanted that, and I'm so glad that I have it now. He's, like, so charismatic, too. Like, it it works. Yeah. It, like I said, it's, it's an I didn't know I wanted it, but I did. Yeah. Um, Trying to think what else I can sort of talk around. <laughs> Other than, like, hey, everybody did great. The movie was great. I loved it. It's all great. That's 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 my review. Put a ten, a, a fucking ten, a ten, <laughs> fucking ten, Billy Bob. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. I'm 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 chomping at the bit to get into spoil- spoilers. You guys got anything anything else spoiler free? I thought uh, the other actors all did a pretty decent. Like Zendaya did well, and his his buddy did well. Yes, and yeah. Oh, I love Ned. Yeah. Um, I'm you know I'm still sad they didn't and happy. Still sad what? That they didn't dye Zendaya's hair red yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that when that happens. It's going to happen. They're going to have her hair dyed red at some point. It has to happen. Yeah. I'm just waiting for it because it's like. Although I, I did. I was watching Homecoming again recently and I caught something I never had caught before. She's not Mary Jane. It's not her name. Uh, the. Um, the coach of the uh, team that they go to DC with calls her Michelle at one point. And I never noticed it until just the other day. I mean, she's basically your MJ though. That's why they keep like, right. But she's not Mary Jane. Like that's not because they never really address her in any other way, except MJ, except that one moment where that teacher calls her Michelle. So that's their get it a jail free card that it's not Mary Jane. This is not Mary Jane Watson. This is an MJ in quotes. Gotcha. This is Michelle Jane Watson, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh all right, last call. General spoiler free stuff. Nothing. All right. Yeah, uh moral of this story is if you haven't seen Spider Man, if you're caught up on the MCU, I would not recommend seeing this ahead of Endgame. Definitely see Endgame and finish your other movies in, in the in the MCU up until this. Definitely save this one for last. Um, there are definite spoilers for, for Endgame in this movie. Uh, so, yeah, but if you are caught up and you are debating seeing this, definitely, definitely do yourself a favor. Check this out. It is worth seeing. Um, and with that out of the way, uh, we're going to go to our second spoiler warning. So you get to hear Andy twice tell you what's coming uh so if you haven't seen far from home pause this now come back to us after you've seen the movie spoilers beyond this point you have been warned spoiler spoiler you know something like that uh okay so we are into spoiler territory um so i kind of i tried to preface these guys before we started recording about the movie like talking about the movie generally that it might be very difficult i'm trying to keep in mind that some people listening maybe don't know anything about Mysterio because all the marketing for this movie was showing him as a good guy. So I didn't want to ruin that twist by calling him out as a villain before we even got to the spoilers. And honestly, like 
knowing comic books, I knew Mysterio was a villain. And I was still on board with their misdirection for this movie. I figured if they wanted to bring him in as a good guy, this is exactly how they'd explain it. He'd be from another Earth, from another dimension. And even though at first I'm like, okay, I'm a little mad they're not actually giving us Mysterio, especially after they just did like Spider-Verse that blew open the universe and caught people from other dimensions and stuff like that. But I still would have been on board. But the fact that he still turned out to be the bad guy and that twist, I thought it was excellently, excellently portrayed in this movie. I was fucking excited just the way they did that. So that's my two cents. I want to get that out of the way before we OG Sinister Six, man. Like that's it, like Mysterio has to be a villain. Like to me, there was no doubt in my mind. Like I think we talked about this when the first trailer dropped, and I was like, okay. And I pretty much laid out how they're going to play Mysterio. It's the same way they played Mysterio, I think, originally in the comic books. Is he's putting all this stuff on, trying to be a superhero himself? Right now, his motivations here are slightly different. You know, like, he's still trying to be the superhero in this movie, but he's not necessarily doing it for the same reasons as he did in the comic books with being the whole, like, angry at Tony thing. Which I want to dive into later, so keep going. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to, yeah. But I feel like, to me, I was never fooled by it. Like, it was it was like, oh, yeah, Mysterio's the villain. And well, I think, like, we watched the first trailer, and like you're saying, we t- probably when we did our trailer review, I think I think we recorded an episode about that. Um, but, yeah, we theorized that he was putting on a show, it was all fake, just because we know about Mysterio. But in the second trailer, I think they really tried to blow open that he is from another Earth because of the events of Endgame, and it was this multiverse theory. Now, I didn't watch those trailers when they came neither, out. I didn't watch them at all. And I was just catching headlines from people. And then even just watching some of these, like Tom Holland and Gyllenhaal in interviews talking about the movie, they kept playing up. Mysterio's a good guy. He's from another Earth, and he lost his family, and he's here to help Spider-Man and Nick Fury. And I was like, all right, that feels spoilery, but, I mean, if you're going to bring him in in that way, and you want to keep Gyllenhaal around to be some sort of... Which made me question, who is the actual villain of this movie? And maybe that's the twist, that maybe Mysterio is a good guy, and there's another villain we haven't seen yet that will be the villain. Well, I mean, there was the elementals that were shown in the trailers. Right, that could but have even very still. could have well been the, the actual villain. It could have been right. what Mysterio played it up as. Yeah. Which, again, I even knowing Mysterio is a bad guy, I was buying their explanation and where they were going with the movie up until the twist. I Yeah, I was just waiting for how he was going to be the bad guy. Like, as soon as he... Like, he's having that discussion with peter in the bar and i'm like oh he's trying to get the glasses like as soon as they're having that discussion and it's like yep he definitely wants those things yep 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 that's what he's after this is what this whole (laughs) thing was about i don't know how he's doing it yet i don't know you know like what he's using to fake this shit yeah but that's what he's been after the whole time was you know edith which And there's a moment that right is... before that when they're when they're fighting the fire monster when you see him you see Spider-Man web something and that like, isn't what? there. Yeah, and, he, and yeah. They, they they blow past it so quickly that you're like what did I see? And they don't dwell on it so I kind of forget about it until they move forward to the twist and I'm like oh shit, it was right there. Like I noticed it, I took note of it because then it, like immediately after that you see MJ pick something up. Right. Like when she picked that up, I honestly thought it was like a broken web shooter or something. 
Yeah. Like, it, they didn't make it very clear that something fell off of something. Right. That she picked up. I Like, I thought that was like, oh, that's how she's going to know it's him. Like, she's going to give him the web shooter. But she gives him the projector thing, which still worked. Um, I don't know. Like, I... I... <sighs> I love the way Andy. Where were you at? Did you did you buy this, or were you on board? Did you expect him to turn? How were you? Oh, I knew he was a villain the whole time. Okay, it was just a matter of when he was going to reveal that he was such in the movie. You know, gotcha. Okay, so I'm I'm the gullible sucker. But no, I thought they did a very (laughs) good job of. You said it. Of that's right. Really, even like Jake did a, a fantastic job of really playing up that hero role i thought oh yeah for sure oh, yeah. yeah such a nice guy until things go to shit yeah so i have a question uh, is he dead yes yeah I, I i feel like they tried to hammer that home pretty definitively I, I, at the end i disagree okay what do you got um that character may be dead but i don't think mysterio is dead because everyone that made him mysterio is still around and i feel like with that technology they can still bring him back so so quentin's gonna be quentin is dead but mysterio is still still alive well are you gonna see jake gyllenhaal like in the suit oh or just someone else i I don't think they're just um fishbowl head fishbowl head because i'm just thinking like if they everything do holographic everybody that way they could holographically project that was quentin as a being alive right that was quite a an orchestra of things that needed to happen for all that stuff to happen oh, for sure. he, he yeah. may have been the conductor of said orchestra but that orchestra is still viable in my opinion true the whole true, time right. i was worried for the people working with him that he was just going to murder them all <laughs> like I was waiting for that moment where yeah. he was just like drones killed him and he just took it all for himself I mean I think Andy's right he can't do all this on his own as much as he can control from his little wristband he still well, needs everybody else I, I feel like that's what he was looking for though was Edith to be able to control it for him right. he, he he probably could have gotten rid of them if he had Edith when he had Edith but there was not enough turnaround time for him to actually he needed to clean up all of his loose ends before he did anything that right. that hurt, you know. Right, right. His, his little, you know, menagerie of people. I, but, I feel uh, like he would have killed them. Oh yeah, yeah had absolutely. he eliminated Peter and all those loose ends you're talking about. I feel yep. like the next step is killing everyone. Oh, absolutely. So we're talking about Edith. Can we just talk about how awesome Even Dead I'm the Hero is? <laughs> yeah, that's a great acronym. It was pretty awesome. When he put it that way, I was like, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s not even in this movie, and it's still just like he's right here. He's gone, but he's not. (laughs) Yeah, it just fit Tony so well. You could just see him saying that and being really proud of it. Um... Uh, so let's bring it back around to like the the motivation for Mysterio and and his merry band of misfits. Um... Being like the only maybe complaint that I have about this movie and Homecoming is that both Spider-Man villains are villains because of Tony. They have like no connection to Spider-Man. I think that's a good motivation, though. I think that's like 
a good way for these villains to pop up is they have to have a reason to become villains. You can't just have these people that are just innately evil. Yeah, but I feel like villains work better, and that's why they're trying to like make all these villains like almost father figures to Peter is because they work villains always work better with a personal connection to the hero. So that's why Jill and Hall like in Mysterio have to be like a good guy buddy for Peter to get a connection to him and then have him go bad. Vulture was, you know, the father to the girl he likes, so that was a personal connection there. But like someone like Green Goblin, I think would like, I don't want Green Goblin to show up in one of these movies and then be scorned by Tony Stark, and that's why he's a villain. I, <laughs> they have to stop playing that card. Tony Stark cannot be the get-out-of-jail-free card for every fucking villain that pops up in the MCU. I feel right. like Osborne... What was it, Osborne Industries? or Oscorp. Oscorp. Oscorp, yeah. Probably did deal a little bit or were nemeses with Stark Industries. Which I could see. But I could also see a void happening after Tony Stark is gone that somehow Oscorp takes. Yeah. And you could play Norman, like you play up, you get to Norman through the relationship between Peter and Harry. Like, like that's something that Raimi's movies did well. Like you, you play the relationship with Peter and Harry, you have Norman, like you could play it even the same way. Norman appreciates Peter more than Harry. There's another surrogate father figure. I guess, of course, I guess that's another get-out-of-jail-free card for Peter. It's just more surrogate father figures. But, <laughs> you know, that I I want some villain that doesn't necessarily come up because of Spider-Man, but that Spider-Man knows before they're a villain. Uh, are we going to just ignore Ned and the Hobgoblin route? Oh, you think he's eventually going to be a bad guy? There's a reason he's Ned Leeds and not something else. There's a reason he's not, what is it, Gunke? Yeah. There, there's a reason well, that... I know that's Miles and all that. Yeah. I, I get that. But I'm saying there's a reason he's named Ned Leeds. Is Ned Leeds the name of the Hobgoblin? Yes. Oh. So if they do that, that would fit more in line with what I want. Yes. It, like, I, Ned just is, is so beat down from watching Peter win and win and win and Ned just loses and loses and loses and eventually loses his shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's. I I guess I could see it if they if they are playing the long game like that. Fine, but I feel like by now by second movie we should get some inkling of that. Which I there's no seeds planted for that to happen. I honestly feel like Spider Man's going to appear in more of these MCU movies than any other character down the line. Like, the way they're setting this up in this movie is for him to take the lead of the MCU. I feel like that's how they're setting this up, is like, this is your new Tony. They set that up very clearly. Is See, like, I, th- I didn't this read is, it that way. This is the new Tony. He may not want it, but he's going to realize by the end of this movie that he needs to be that. And that's his, with great power comes great responsibility. The world needs him to be the next Tony Stark. And he's going to become that because he is needed to be that. And we as fans also need him to do that. See, I think, no, I didn't I, I didn't read it that way. I think mainly because he's a fucking 16-year-old kid. You cannot put the fate of the MCU in the hands of a 16-year-old kid. Tony did. Tony, Tony's an idiot, though, too. <laughs> is he? Avant-garde. <laughs> I no, I think there are much more capable characters in there to lead the charge for the MCU 
I I highly doubt it's going to be Peter. Such One, as? because I think the whole thing, we've talked about it numerous times, this whole thing with Sony and Marvel, we have no idea where Spider-Man is going to end up in the MCU in five years just for rights issues. I feel like that's the biggest risk they're taking here, but I'm telling you, that's the route they're going. Sony probably, of course, wants Spider-Man to be ahead of the MCU. Well, because no why shit. the fuck wouldn't they? Because they're going to make a shit ton of money out of it. But I... I feel like Marvel is probably trying to hedge their bets a little bit because we have no idea what's going to happen with well, this character. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the Fantastic Four are going to play a big leading role eventually. I feel like the X-Men can play a big re- leading role eventually. But for the next few years, for this Phase 4, I feel like you're getting Spider-Man. It's Captain Marvel. I would put hands down money on Captain Marvel. Why? I'd say Doc Strange. See? He'd be my number two. Why? I need justification, because if I was going anywhere, I'd go Falcon. Like, oh, if not Spider-Man, I'd yeah, be at Falcon. True. But Falcon would be a good pick, also. Having having a Captain America lead the charge is a good way to go. But I also think... I feel like Captain Marvel's too concerned with off-world issues. Right, and that's something they'd have to fix and bring her around to be based on Earth. To have her be more of a leader. But I think just power set and being a soldier, I guess Cap's, or you know Falcon's soldier, too. Um, I just think like straight up wisdom and uh, knowledge. <laughs> um, I think my that's why I would go with Doctor Strange. I, I feel like he's another one though that separates himself. Like he is not concerned with as is much of the minutia as the Avengers would be. Where yeah. and I feel the same way about Captain Marvel, where like it, it it takes a very serious event, obviously, for Captain Marvel to get involved because we had all this stuff and she never showed up until after the snap. Yeah, I yeah, you know what? You're talking me out of my pick. I I I am more on board with your pick of the Falcon. I think Falcon as Captain America is your leader, not Spider Man. Right, and here's my thing, is that Tom Holland has the star power. He's kind of like, he's got that it factor that's going to carry the, u- the the universe for them going forward. I feel like Chris Hemsworth has it, but I feel like the direction they're taking that character, he's not going to carry the universe. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're going to go... Uh... I will agree. I think Holland has the star power, but I, I feel like just the the murky waters that Spider Man is in. I don't feel like we can put money on him being the leader. Plus, I don't. Again, I it doesn't make logical sense to me to have all these adult superheroes that have more tactical experience in battles, and you're going to throw a 16 year old kid in charge of that who wants to have a life. Technically, 21. This movie's. He said <laughs> repeatedly in this movie he's 16. So, who? You know, Peter Parker makes it a point in this movie that he wants a life. He does not want to be the superhero to end all superheroes. He wants his own life. So there's no way, even if this mantle was thrust upon him, that he would take it. I feel like he does at the end, though, doesn't he? He steps up. He doesn't He doesn't make it... To me, I didn't interpret it as him taking up the mantle of Iron Man. The whole message is you don't have to be Iron Man. You can be your own superhero. And that's the message he takes away from it to become a neighborhood Spider-Man that has now just happened to be in London to take this guy's, kick this guy's ass. I mean, okay. 
I don't know. I, I feel like they're setting. I, like personally, I felt like they they set it up where it's him realizing that it is his duty that he has to handle this for them. That like he doesn't necessarily want it, but who else is going to do it? Who else is going to be that one to lead these superpowered people in their fight to defend the Earth? That's the thing. If this if this turned into Avengers to an Avengers movie, and there were other superheroes that showed up in this third act battle, and he was then leading the charge, I would I would side well, with you. I think because he's a sixteen year old kid, they're not having him do that. But by the next movie we get, he might be the eighteen twenty year old kid. You know, like it. But even like Peter Parker as a character in the comics, he never really surrenders completely to being a leader of a team. He's still trying to have his life. A lot of these superheroes we've seen in the mcu are that like the superheroing is their life right that's yeah you're definitely right about that and that peter always just kind of wants and wishes that it would all go away so he could just be with mary jane and you know go to aunt may's for dinner on sunday and have that be his normal life take some pictures you know like he always wanted that he never really cared to be Spider-Man, but he always needed to be Spider-Man. Which, I mean, I guess... So, this might uh, throw it into... I don't know where I was trying to go with this line of thought to segue into it, but the, the, the end credits scene where we get J. Jonah and the video from Mysterio that reveals to the world Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So the MCU really hates secret identities. They don't want to have it for anybody, even Spider-Man. Thank you, but, thank you, thank you, Sony, Marvel. Thank you for J.K. Simmons being back. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, that I was got a great, out. well-kept secret. Um, but I don't like. I don't know where they go from here with that. And if if yeah, you know, try if outing him as a superhero would make Peter be a full-time superhero, then that might lend credit credibly a little bit of credit to what you're saying and being a full-time Avenger and maybe not leading the team, but part of the team. Um, I could see that happening. Cause I, I honestly have no idea where they're going to go with that bombshell. No, like, that it's, that's it's, a little bit. The, both of the end credit scenes are major. Yeah, bombshells. Which we'll get to the other one yeah. separately, but they drop big bombshells there. And this one is like, okay, that kind of turns the idea of Peter and Spider-Man on its head in ways they've only done a couple of times in the comics. And every time they've done that, they've retconned somewhere yeah. so that it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't stick. They had to go, like, yeah, definitely. So, I don't know what comes next in that sense. I, I think I'll still stick with what I said in thinking that he's going to end up being the guy. He They need somebody to throw the weight of the MCU on their shoulders. And honestly, he's the most popular character they've got going. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I, I that, that's where I'm at, is I think they're going to throw their money on Spider-Man, even if Sony owns more of it than they do. Yeah, because, I mean, the real question is, if these movies make money, and especially if, like, Venom and all this other shit that Sony's trying to do takes off, I'm still... I. I don't know where the fine print is, and I don't know if Sony can just snatch him back and say, you know what, you're done playing with our toys. He's ours again. If that's, like, that, I feel like that could happen at any moment, and that's just something hanging over their head 
that I'm I'm really afraid to commit to seeing Spider-Man in everything. Again, reason alone. I, I think you said it right. That's some fine print matter of the contract that we don't know the answer to. Yeah. But I'll say this. Um, the Marvel would not take the chance on making Spider-Man that central character if that was a possibility. Well, I mean, it's a whole dick measuring contest. Like, Marvel is trying to put Spider-Man in a place where Sony can't take him from them. And then Sony wants their money. And they want to obviously have their shared universe. And if they ultimately own the rights, it's, you know, it's the game of chicken of who's going to blink and say, finally pull the trump card of saying he is ours. Fuck you. Go away. I hope Sony I mean, I feel like if it comes down under. Right. And if it comes down to it, I feel like Sony wins that battle. If it's going to come to a head like that and they, they stop playing nice. I think Sony can ultimately take that trump card and say he is ours. So I I don't know, but again that's hopefully years down the line, not like two years down the line. Hopefully it's like five or ten. But I figure they're at least going to get another solo Spider-Man film out of Tom Holland. I don't know if we'll get any more Avengers films out of him. Maybe one more. I don't I don't know what he would have, they would have signed him for. I'm assuming six movies. I I'm, I'm figuring three solo, three Avengers. I think Tom Holland will continue to be Spider-Man for as long as they ask him to. Oh, I'm sure. But I mean, when they initially signed contracts, would they have signed him? I feel like nine movies is a little bit much. Six sounds like a right number. Yeah, probably. So, I don't know. That's I'm just spitballing my thoughts here. Um, Andy, you've been quiet. Do you want to jump in with anything? Um, I thought it was... <laughs> whether or not he wants to follow in Iron Man's footsteps, I feel like he's being forced to. Because Iron Man sort of revealed himself as Iron Man, and now Peter is inadvertently being revealed as <laughs> Spider-Man. So yeah. I, I feel like they're forcing him to walk Iron Man's path. Yeah, it, it's a very reminiscent end to the Phase 3 as to how Phase 1 began at the end of its first movie. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. I mean, I guess you could you could sort of play it out the same and then just see the different decisions that Peter makes compared to Tony. Yeah. Like, I feel... Tony obviously felt comfortable. Maybe, maybe, maybe felt comfortable displaying his secret identity to the press conference and just owning it. Peter is not ready to have his secret identity outed. So, like, where do they go from here? Is he going to start, like, trying to... Would him and Aunt May... In, you know, in the movie universe, try to like sue Jay Jonah for like slander and like well, that's not true. He's not Spider Man, and basically try to cover it up. Like misinformation through the media is not proof. Like, would they spin it that way, or would they just accept it and go? They could. They would have probably a pretty good legal force on their side. Yeah, I would assume the the, the Stark Industries legal team is pretty powerful, <laughs> pretty top notch, right? <laughs> yeah. And and I love the way they played uh, Jameson. It's almost like the same way they played him in the video game. Is being yeah, like, like the podcaster. Well, like the the shock jock, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ultimate fake news propagandist who's yeah. just spouting just nonsense about everything. He has the event right, but every detail about it wrong. <laughs> and I, I I feel like they. They nailed that in like for today's world because him is like 
in today's world, a current Spider-Man, him being the newspaper guy, really wouldn't work because nobody right. fucking reads a newspaper anymore. You know, like nobody cares what the headline is. Nobody sees that headline. But doing that route was awesome. I'm just sad that they didn't give him the haircut again. Yeah. yeah. That was the only part of that. But nonetheless, I'm back on topic. Um, yeah, I feel like that could be a thing where he tries to deny it and then eventually has to accept that he's outed in the next movie. Perhaps. Because yeah, I keep thinking of, like, how would they, if they wanted to pull it back, how would they retcon it? And I don't, I can't think of an easy way to do that. I don't think they would retcon that. I think I feel like they had a definite plan for how they're going forward when they decided to out him. Yeah. I feel like there was 100%, like, we know what we want to do with this, so we're going to do it. Because you, you, don't, you don't do that without that solid plan of where things are going next. Yeah. Yeah, and I and that that kind of blew my mind because I have no idea where they're going from here with that. I agree. Um, and yeah, just sort of compounding on what Mike was saying about having J.K. Simmons back. That I originally that was I think a well kept well kept secret because I had no idea that was coming. So that was a big surprise to me. But and I don't remember if I was talking to you, Mike, or not texting about this. But uh, when I heard that J.B. Smoove was cast in the movie i thought for sure like oh he's gonna be jay jonah well i i want to say it was i mean it was a while ago when they had first started casting for it there was rumors that they had cast ice cube to be jay jonah jameson (laughs) i would have liked that too and i was like you know that could work if we're not gonna get jk simmons back because i was still on board with like we already have the perfect jay jonah jameson just bring him back again i don't care if it makes sense or confuses people fuck it i don't give a shit he was so like he may be the best cast character in the history of Marvel movies. <laughs> it, it's quite possible he was so spot on in those original Raimi movies that I didn't want anybody else. I just wanted him back. So, but yes. Ice Cube being that, you know, that first rumor that I had heard, I was like, okay, I can see that. You could literally just rip him from the, the Jump Street movies and put yeah. him into. To, to the Daily Bugle. Same character, different dialogue, and it works. And then, like you said, J.B. Smoove, it was like, okay, maybe. I love. Like, I remember they... hearing him, like, I kept having flashbacks when I heard about him being in the movie, of like, for anyone that's played GTA V, he, he, J.B. Smoove is a DJ on one of the radio stations that just has a talk show. And the way he goes off on people that call in and shit like that, I'm like, that, I could definitely see that as a J. Jonah Jameson persona. And it's fucking hilarious. And, yeah, like, I, I love what they did with his character in this movie. It was hilarious. But it, it would have worked as, as Jameson. Yeah. Um, another, I don't, I don't want to switch topics on you too quick, but another thing that I noticed, and I feel like, it, you know, like anybody who's paying attention probably noticed, is that they gave Flash a bit more context at the end of the movie there with his mother not showing up and all that and that leads me to say like oh here we go flash is actually going to turn into a villain they're going to give him more and he's going to turn into just instead of being an asshole into being some sort of villain who who would fit that flash 
like yeah, what villain would he would he be well, able to fit? I into? mean, hasn't Flash been both Venom and Scorpion at different points? I know Venom. I remember he was Agent Venom, but that was more of a special ops good guy, I thought, than a bad guy. Scorpion. I don't know if I knew that. I'm gonna. He was somebody else at some point. I'm gonna look it up right now because I cannot. Because I mean, if Venom comes into these movies, that's a whole other fucking mess to untangle. Because I don't know how the hell they're gonna do that. I still haven't seen that movie. I mean, if you're curious, I'd say watch it. I didn't care for it, but at all. I mean, you might like it. I. I feel like there was very little in that movie that I liked or that I came out of it remembering. Um, and they there's an end credit scene that definitely sets up the next movie, which I just rolled my eyes at. Which, you know, we can we can we can talk about that if you ever watch the movie. I think I think Hardy Tom Hardy did well in that movie. I think the the symbiote suit they did well with. Um, but pretty much everything around that was not good. That's kind of my my review. Okay, so Flash was at one time. Um, yeah, he's only really associated with Venom. I don't know where I got the Scorpion thing. But he was also anti-Venom at one time. So he was yeah, Agent so Venom and anti-Venom. Yeah, but he becomes a villain. And we already have Scorpion in the universe. Like, Matt Gargan was directly referenced in Homecoming twice. Right. So we know he's coming eventually. We You'd have to assume. Why would they introduce him if he's not? And now we get Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson, who originally paid Matt Gargan to become the Scorpion to hunt Spider-Man. Yeah. So. I guess we'll have to see Yeah, if they follow through. Because Gargan was in jail at the end of homecoming yeah trying to recruit whether he gets released or what but yeah we don't know what i mean i guess we know he was there for something to do with the boat some sort of charge i would assume he was arrested for to do with what happened on the right and homecoming so we don't know how long a sentence he might be serving um is there any like a favorite moments or anything for you guys uh, through the movie hmm I introed with mine. But, oh man, I love Led Zeppelin. That just cracked me right up. Yeah, that was definitely part of a favorite moment for me, is just seeing Peter jump into making a suit and just the look on Happy's face. Like, I got a little choked up at that scene. Just, Same. you know, you just lose Tony and then you have him coming in like Tony, just, just doing his thing. I really like that. And then. Once the compartment opens up, you get tinges of the Avengers theme song in there. The, yeah. the music cue there was fantastic. Um, in the opening sequence, I, where they like give you like that hard fail on trying to make you cry, like oh yeah, <laughs> with like the, the kids making the you know the memory video of the Avengers that passed. The candle image that still has Getty Images watermark in the <laughs> middle of the of the picture. Yeah, <laughs> was great. Oh, that's okay. So that was a question I know we talked about after Endgame. Is like, what happens to high school students that are gone for five years? And I loved that they addressed that first thing in the movie, and that you see it happen. Like you see everybody pop back up immediately where they left in the middle of a basketball game. I thought was fucking great. <laughs> yeah. And they explain why the apartment looks different in this movie compared to the last movie because the apartment that they 
because Aunt May blipped out, so people took their apartment. So when she came back, people were already living there, and they had to relocate to somewhere else. Yeah. So I love that they're sort of it's comedically dealt with, but they are dealing with the fallout of people just coming back to existence five years later in a world that kept moving without them. And and, and that being how they incorporate Aunt May into dealing with homeless shelters. Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. Like her, instead of homeless, she's dealing with people that are homeless now because of being gone for five years. Right. That was cool. Um, And Peter's reaction to like, it wasn't what I was hoping for. I think like beforehand I had like said like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if Peter comes back after being gone for five years and happy and mayor together and he has to deal with that, like (laughs) them already being together. But the way they handled that I thought was awesome with them trying to hide it from him very poorly. Yeah. Um, definite highlight for me that is, is up there in this movie is the, all the Mysterio illusion sequences. Yes. When he, when Peter goes to confront quote unquote, Nick Fury and is thrust into the warehouse that you then see as this whole illusion hologram set up by Quentin and Mysterio. And just the effects of all that stuff, like the transitions between illusion to reality is so fucking good. Like he gets, sorry, Alexa was talking to me and I don't know what the fuck I said. Um, no, he gets, it's like the transitions are so fucking good where he's like fighting inside the warehouse and like he sees Mysterio and goes to punch him and then Mysterio fades away and you see him punch a cinder block, yeah. like a pillar of the warehouse. The way he falls over a cliff or something in the in the illusion and then it transitions and and the illusion breaks away and then he falls out of the top of a car and then the illusion follows him over the side of the building and he's back in it like all that stuff i i loved it it was it, so trippy and amazing the end of that sequence even blew my mind because like they set it up so that you think he's actually with nick fury in the beginning of it oh yeah and yeah. he never really was the whole time like the whole damn thing was an illusion and, and I love that they literally just filmed Jake Gyllenhaal in a mocap suit with his fishbowl helmet. Like, it's probably what he walked around and set with. <laughs> yeah. And they put it in the movie. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the way they made... I, I cannot say enough about how they set up Mysterio and Barf being connected. And how yeah. awesome that, like... I never made that connection before this movie that, like, we knew Mysterio was going to be in it. We knew Barf existed, but our mind, like, my mind at least, never put that together to a point where I could be like, maybe that'll be how they do it. Maybe, you know, maybe that'll be Mysterio's illusions is something with Barf. And also bringing Peter Billingsley back. Fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole the the Andy's look to is telling me he has no idea crew. what I mean. Peter Billingsley. <laughs> Peter Billingsley was uh, Ralphie in A Christmas Story. He was the guy that gets bitched out by Obadiah. And yeah, and oh, in the really? first Iron Man movie, yeah, that that's him. Oh, hmm. and they brought him back for this one, and it was like, wow, we get two Peter Billingsley MCU appearances. In the very first one, and in the very last one we've had so far. <laughs> I love that uh, the the one lady's job was basically just to steam the cape. 
So he's like flipping out about shit that needs to get done. And she's like, do you still need the cape? Yes, Janet, I still need the cape. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's in the middle of all this shit going on while he's having that discussion. Like, he's anticipating like brunch with the queen. He's he's losing his mind, flipping out with like, they will see what I want them to see. Yes, get the cape ready. Please have it ready. Um, I feel like there's so many that you know, the climactic third act fight too, I thought oh, yeah. was amazing. Like just the way Spider Man was moving, the way they had him I don't know, using all his tech and everything with it, and using some ingenuity too when he runs out of webbing to get up there. I I'm still a little fuzzy on why his spider sense isn't really working. The Peter Tingle? Yeah, the Peter Tingle. I feel like they didn't really address that much. I think this is the first movie where they've actually addressed it, period. I I think it was just Mysterio's illusions screwing with it. It seemed like they were alluding to the fact that Aunt May had talked to him about them not working real well already, though. Right, but um, I mean, like, yeah. previous movies, like, we see the the hair stand up on his arm in Infinity War, which is our first sense of, oh, maybe he has spider sense. But it's never talked about at all in Homecoming. It's never referenced in Endgame. So this is, like, the first time we really sort of get into any talk of spider sense at all. And it definitely seems to be functioning in that final battle with Mysterio. I think this is the first time maybe. he actually has to physically call upon it. Yeah, and maybe I think it's, it's maybe just more instinctive. Maybe it's a concentration thing. Could be, yeah. I mean, I guess if you wanted to spin it that way, it could sort of you, you could explain it away the same way that Spider-Man Two explained it away. It's like he's he's got to be focused on it and concentrating on what he's doing. You know, knows what he wants, and if he's too distracted by other shit that's going on, he just it doesn't work. Yeah, I'd accept that. Um, I don't know. Any other favorite moments from you guys? I feel like I could keep rattling them off. off. Ned and Betty through the whole thing were hilarious. (laughs) They were, yeah. I I really enjoyed the uh, other teacher. I really enjoyed. Not JB's move. Oh, oh, the the other one. The guy from uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. I don't know his teacher name. I don't know the character's name, but I don't know the actor or the character's name. I feel like I should know the actor, and I'm drawing a blank, which isn't surprising. But, yeah, he was good. Like, his reaction to the constant, like, Nick Fury upgrades. Like, oh, yeah, squeaky wheel gets the grease. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, it's Martin something. What the fuck? Martin Starr. There it is. Okay. Yes. It they they played so much of that so well. And I mean, can we just give them credit for playing Holiday during the credits as well? Like <laughs> I would have stayed for that during the credits anyways, but a small shout out too to Dimitri. I thought Dimitri was awesome in this movie. <laughs> Dimitri. He's the like the driver. Yeah. Like when they get upgraded and they go out to the bus and then you realize Nick Fury <laughs> hijacked the thing because it's just the guy that was like the muscle. Yeah. Driving the bus. Doesn't want to talk to, to Martin Starr's character, the teacher. Just deadpan, dead face the whole time. I loved it. 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I feel the need to touch on. I'm uh, trying I mean, to come up with like a favorite scene of mine, and hmm. I mean, there is the elephant in the room still of the final. Yeah, uh, we'll say that for the end. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's. Well, what did you guys think of the uh, the the Mary Jane Peter relationship in this one? Because that's a big crutch for the movie too. Um, I thought it was uh, fitting for the situation that he had competition. And I like that the competition okay. was never really competition because she didn't give a shit. Like she, right. yeah. Like she was just doing whatever, and she just wanted Peter the whole time, anyways. I, I feel yeah. like that was a nice touch to it is that they didn't have to demonize that kid any more than him just actually being a dick. <laughs> um, Do you like that she, she figured out that he's Spider-Man? I like the way they framed that scene um, between the two of them talking where she's like not sure, but she is, but she's not. And right he just kind of has to deal with admitting it after so much shit happens. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that was good. Um, the, I mean, I feel like anybody that's sort of paying attention should easily figure out Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Anybody so that like is paying that they, attention. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the fact that they, they played it up that way that she's interested in him interest, interested enough that she's, you know, catching what he's doing and putting the dots together. So I, I like that part of it. Yeah. And the whole, like that, that final scene with like him swinging her through the city. I, I love like one, the realism when they come down, her hair is just a fucking mess. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. And then her saying like, Nope, never doing that again. Like, yeah. I feel like that's how a normal person would react. Yeah. And I I feel like that was really well done and something that is like, these two are your Spider-Man and MJ now. Like, this is your, this is where it's set and they're going with that route. You know, like, it, I, I feel like I'm very happy with the two of them playing that romance out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Andy, anything to add? I'm still trying to figure out which was my favorite scene. <laughs> um, did you did you like the movie? Did I like the movie? Yeah. <laughs> no, I I really did enjoy the movie. Yes. I feel like if it's taking you that long to think of a favorite scene, I just I, I don't know. I'm just there. There was so much to the movie that I liked that it, it, it's tough for me to really say because I think that a lot of the movie um, parts that I liked didn't really have spider-man in them but more peter okay. peter parker and his relationships with uh his uh, fellow students and uh you know mj teachers even like nick fury and stuff like that you know did you want to kill brad too is that your favorite <laughs> moment <laughs> that, that was pretty funny i like flash <laughs> trying to get served with his old id yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was funny I still think, I've seen the movies three times and I still think it's hilarious every time Flash gets ball tapped when he's trying to <laughs> stream when they first get there. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I mean, 
the, the, I feel like there wasn't, there was not a moment in that movie that slowed down enough to make you be like, well, this is not my favorite part. And I feel like that's maybe what Andy's running into. So much, so much of it's so awesome. Like yeah, the whole yeah, movie just, just keeps you it, going. It really, it, it, it captured my attention the entire time, which I can't say that Homecoming really did. I thought I felt right. uh, Homecoming had some fairly low valleys. Yeah, it had some Dagobah moments. Yeah, where you're just kind of <laughs> like, <sighs> oh, okay, we're back. All right, here we go. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, the pacing is a lot better, I think, in this yeah. one. I agree. I would have to say that my favorite moment was the fire elemental, though. Thinking about it now, when it's, that was pretty awesome. When it seems like uh, Mysterio is sacrificing his life to destroy this thing mon- monstrosity, <laughs> the introduction of Night Monkey, <laughs> yes. Night Monkey. Oh, and I love too how they get to the Netherlands and then like everyone's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. The, the the guy the guy on the guards calling his wife and just saying like yeah night monkey like <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Um, anything else? Because I'm I'm trying to save the last post credit scene for the end discussion end of our discussion here. So if we have nothing else, we'll we'll hit that. But I want to make sure we we get in everything we want to here. Nothing else? Yeah, nothing? I think no. Uh, yeah. yeah, not off the top of my head. All right. Um, right. So the second post credit scene. So if you're, again, hopefully if you're watching this movie, and especially in the spoiler section, you've seen Captain Marvel, um, because we are then it is then revealed that Maria Hill and Nick Fury are Talos, and does his wife even have a name? I don't know if I know what his wife's name is. I don't know that she's been named. Talos. Right, so is they wife. are Skrulls. Yeah, they are. They are Skrulls. Now. In the theater, when this first happened, and they get revealed as Skrulls, I was like, shit, Secret Invasion is happening, they are bad guys, and then, of course, they start talking, and you realize, no, they're characters that we saw in Captain Marvel, and they are good guys, which is even more confusing to me as to why the fuck are they back in here, and Nick Fury's off somewhere else. So, here's my first question on this whole thing. When did Talos become Nick Fury? We don't know this. Talos could have became Nick Fury anytime after 1995 and just been communicating back and forth with him since then. Oh, so he could have been the one that, uh, no, cause when he gets shot, you're revealed as a scroll, correct? If he was actually dead, they have to die. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which yeah, if they wanted to play the long game, he could have never left. Type of thing. I could I could well, see that. They show him leaving. They do show him Nick Nick Fury can't turn into a scroll. They do show him them leaving with Captain Marvel in ninety five right. at the very end of the movie. Right. We don't know when they came back or when all this started. I see. Which I guess to me, I'm thinking it has to be after Endgame before this movie, like fairly recently, and I think. That he's almost using the fading out of existence as the excuse as to why he's not on his game. Like, why Nick Fury seems off is because of the blip. Like okay, he talks so about Nick not Fury seeming- being misinformed is because of he's Talos, not because he's 
been away for five years. I like that. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. As opposed to filling in that Nick Fury was Talos for a longer period of time, which would just blow the lid off everything. Right. Having it be that, yeah, okay, gotcha. But again, what brought them back then, and why is Nick Fury off and about? There's there's one thing that raised a red flag to me during the movie, and I was like, oh, that's weird. They just kind of brushed past that, and then at the end, when I saw this end credit scene, it made a little more sense. The, but I the, still don't know what it means. The mention of the Cree, Cree sleeper cells. Yes, yeah. they they throw that out there. Like we we were supposed to have. I forget exactly what they say, but they do mention Cree sleeper cells, and they are surprised by the fact that there are still some around. Really? And then they move on to the next problem, and then it just goes forward. When does that happen? I, I think I must... Right before the big battle at the end. They think they've defeated all the elementals. Um, They're walking through somewhere, I guess, like, shield something. Maria Hill is talking to Nick Fury. They mention Kree sleeper cells, and then they start getting notifications of bigger pulses happening in London. Oh, yeah, I, I just brushed right past it. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even realize that that's what they had said. Yep. So, yeah, the fact that they, they sort of not dwelled on that because they do go past it quickly, but the, that mention perked my ears up. And I was like, oh, OK, well, they just keep on moving. So that's fine. So I feel like it's it's they're putting the seeds in there. I just don't know what they're for yet. Yeah, th- that's the thing. What is coming of it? What you know, what's going to be the end result of Cree sleeper cells? Uh, I got nothing. Like, and, like, do we assume that Fury's out there with, with Captain Marvel? Like, present day, they're just off-world somewhere dealing with something else? Like, Well, I he was with the Skrulls got... there. I mean... Right, but if Captain Marvel is space-bound and she was the one helping them find a new home, why are they still on a ship? Well, maybe she helped them find a new home and they create a very large society in the 25 years since then. Or actually almost 30 years, given the five-year blip. Okay, so the, so the scrolls have expanded. They're not just the small group of refugees anymore. They're they're a bigger race, or they've they found a home. They built a new society, and that ship is not all the scrolls. It's just a ship with okay. scrolls on it. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just it makes it seem like they are heading somewhere for a purpose, and I don't know why the fuck they'd need Nick Fury if it's just the skull the scrolls trying to find a homeworld or something like that, like. Fury has to play a role somewhere in this, and I don't know why he would leave Earth for to, it. To yeah, I feel like he's he's his priority would be protecting Earth. Galactus, which yeah, I'd I'd love to see something like that. <laughs> I mean, I I'm trying to think of things that would draw him off of Earth, and them warning him, you know, like maybe the real Nick Fury had an interaction with the Surfer at some point that we don't see we haven't seen yet it's not referenced because it's not the actual nick fury it's talos but the real nick fury had an interaction with say the surfer or a herald of galactus and didn't know what to make of it and reached out to captain marvel who said you know what the scrolls can take you and show you what galactus does you know maybe something like that i don't know like just an idea like maybe they're He's researching something. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be... They're laying the groundwork for whatever's coming next. It has to be. I don't know why else they'd put something like that in there that seems so inconsequential. Yeah, like, it's it's major, but you don't know what the hell about. 
Right. So, do we even know what movie's next at this point? Do we have a date on the next movie? I heard they were supposed to release that stuff at this upcoming San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, I was going to say, either Comic-Con or D23, I think, is in August. So, one of those two places, we might get official release dates. I mean, they have... They have release dates that they've said, we're releasing a movie here, but they haven't told you what movie it is. Right, yeah, I know we have the dates, but we don't know what. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff rumored to be in production, but I don't think I've seen anything official from Marvel saying these movies are being made. Like, obviously, Black Widow's been talked about, Eternals are supposedly being cast. We know Guardians Uh, 3 is official, that's it. Yes, that's true, yeah. Shang-Chi's coming maybe at some point. I keep hearing about them looking and casting for that kind of thing. The character or Um, for an actual Shang-Chi movie? I, I, I thought they were just going to bundle him in with Black Panther 2. Oh, if they change that, then maybe that's happening. But I, He I seems like an inconsequential would... character to get a whole movie. Which, yeah, seems odd, but I had thought I heard movie at one point. I had also heard that, and it, it I was like, who? Why? I don't care. <laughs> you know, Same with the Eternals. Why? I don't care. The Eternals, I feel like, are along that I don't care line the same as Guardians were, where there's a lot to be done with them. That Shang-Chi could just fill as a role in it, as a character in another movie. And let's face it, these are probably movies they could get into production before the Fox deal was official. So these are going to hold us over until Fantastic Four and X-Men come out. I, Yeah, that's true, and I'm fine with that. Give me the Fantastic Four and X-Men when they can. But take yeah, the time I mean, and do it coming. right. I would, be, I would be highly surprised if whatever announcements they're going to make are going to announce anything official as far as release dates or movies being made or anything for X-Men or Fantastic Four. I'd bet you we get something. I, I, other than like, because, hey, we're going to make these. Well, no, I mean, we, yeah, well, no, when they released the timeline the last time, they released it all the way up to the end. That, ti- yeah, that timeline and, they released took us to this point, except for Spider-Man Far From Home. Right, and that timeline has, from what they released in their press conference to what it ended up being, has been altered five or six times. I don't altered know if they in the f- order, and they removed Inhumans. Yes, and that's what I mean. I don't know if they would release a full timeline. I don't know if they want to do that again. I hope they do, so I can get my hopes up for, like, something. Yeah, I mean, they might give you the slate of, like, the next couple. I don't think you're going to get a full Phase 4 timeline. Phase 4 you might. You might, like, because Phase 4, we don't know how big it's going to be. It could be like the, you know, Phase 1 where it's four to five movies. I'd say we get official, some sort of confirmation on the next three movies. If Phase 4 is six movies, I don't think we're going to get all six. I think we're going to get three. All right. Fair enough. We'll see. I, I am, I mean, again, like you said, we've already got a confirmation for Guardians 3 is happening. I'm pretty sure Guardians 3 has an amended release date, maybe. Although, I don't know if they're... Then again, I can't remember, because Gunn has to finish Suicide Squad, so I don't know if they're waiting for him to finish that before they decide how long production is going to take on Guardians 3, or if they've already thrown out a date and said Guardians 3 is happening now, and I'm we're just sure. planning on him finishing Suicide Squad. But we know Guardians 3 is happening. I wouldn't be surprised if we get official release dates and confirmation Black Widow's happening, Eternals... And Black Panther actually, 2. You know, no, you know what? Yeah, you know, now I'm thinking about it because they could announce sequels for a bunch of these movies that we know of. Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2. So maybe we will get six movies. And if, if half of them are sequels to properties that they've already established, I can understand I that. Bet you get a, three, I bet you get a date for Spider-Man 3 as well. Yeah, okay. I could, I could maybe see that. 
I feel like turnaround on Spider-Man 3 would be very, very quick if they did that already. Well, I'm, no, I mean, when they released the dates for the movies they had planned, I think they were up to 2023. Yeah, I can't remember. On, on like, official dates they were putting stuff in theaters. I could definitely see another Spider-Man before then. Yeah, within four years, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, either way. I mean, whatever they release or when they release it, it's something we will definitely dissect and talk about on this show. Yes, yeah, I cannot wait As for that As of right now, we're still, we're still theorizing and stuff. Because, I mean, Comic-Con's coming up. That's like in a couple weeks, right? A week or two, I think, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say they're both coming up. D23's, like, they're just a few weeks apart, aren't they? I thought, I thought... D23 was like mid-August. Yeah, I want to say like August 19th or 20th starts it. Something like that. I, think I don't know why that dates in July my head. July 19th or something is Comic-Con. It's like next week. So I, yeah, so that might be next week. So within two weeks, we might have a bunch of Comic-Con stuff to talk about. Which, I mean, I saw the Rooster Brothers teasing something too. They They put, that was what I saw. Yeah, the Rooster Brothers on Twitter put out just a date. Seven nineteen nineteen, and it's it was a little video. the The video only shows that date. It's just a big date, but the audio is from them being in Hall H for Infinity War, talking about showing footage for Infinity War for Hall H. So I don't know what they're teasing. I don't know if it's just going to be like, "Hey, we're reminiscing on what we did." You know, we're here just to cap off everything we've done for the MCU. Endgame is done. Is done. Or if they'd actually announce something happening and being a part of something f- going forward. Avengers 5. They are taking a break. So I'd be surprised if they are announcing some involvement with the MCU going forward already. But, again, we will Fingers we will crossed. Well the, well, the thing that gets gets me is I've heard multiple interviews with them. And they were asked if they would come back. And they said, well, right now we kind of want a break. The one thing they've both said that would bring them back to do is Secret Wars. Oh, please. <laughs> so if they say at all that they are coming back, and if it's not a Secret Wars movie, I'm going to be very disappointed. I mean, that would be like kind of the perfect way to kick off the next phase, to open up the world even more. You know, like yeah. Secret Wars kind of blows the lid off of the MCU if they do it and opens things up to so many more characters and so much more of the universe yeah. So we are very uh, quickly sidetracking from Spider-Man to larger <laughs> MCU issues. Well, they can blame that on that second end credit scene that is so ridiculous and open-ended that we have no idea what to make of it. Yeah. Um, Andy, any theories or speculation from any of this stuff? Uh, my my theory was Secret Wars, so... Okay. As far, but, as far as like that's what this end credit scene yeah, is, but it, it, is pushing it, I, I don't know if that means there's going to be like a rogue cell of scrolls, you know? Because it oh, you're talking about wait, secret invasion, okay, not secret wars. Is that what, okay? Yeah, yeah. Secret wars is where all the all the heroes got pulled off planet to have a bat. That was where Spider Man got the symbiote suit and all that stuff. Okay. Secret Invasion was like there's an army of Skrulls impersonating heroes and we don't know who is bad, who is good. That's the one I was thinking of, Invasion. Yes. But it seems like they've painted 
all the scrolls in the good light in these movies. Right. So I don't know how they would pull off invasion. I mean, I guess you could play it like there could be like a rogue the, sect of right. Uh, like they they were separated from the larger scrolls. It seems like the scrolls are scattered. Yeah, every, and the only ones we've met are the good ones. Every group of people is gonna have bad ones, you know. Yeah. Or aliens, whatever you want to call them. And I'm crossing my fingers for that, too. I think Secret Invasion would be really fun to see on screen. Just just having every character question one, because they probably... Because I think part of Secret Invasion is the characters that were in there, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, that they they weren't even really sure if they were a scroll. Did they all think they were legit? Um... Or did the scroll know they were scrolls and they're trying to fuck with everybody? No, the scroll knew they were scrolls. Okay, I thought it was a little bit of like that the character, like you know, they they were were a scroll, but not sure that they were a scroll, and it's second guessing. I think there was one character you're... like that. I want to say it was Spider Woman. That okay. was a scroll that had become so deep into what she like the cover that the character the scroll lost connection with reality okay but so even so whether it's not the question from my brain that i'm not 100 percent on whether they question themselves or it's just heroes questioning each other i think that's a fun fun story to tell well especially for the audience that we have no idea who is and isn't a scroll oh exactly yeah you know like it has the, has that potential for that giant reveal of <gasps> this one was a scroll and, it, and right. it, they're obviously going to use these scrolls in that way in the universe because the reveal that it was Talos at the end of this movie is like a oh like yeah that's a, that's know, a look what we can that do yeah yeah like now that the scrolls are here you don't know what's coming yeah yeah all right um I think that's all I got uh well. Stupid random questions that you can decide if you want to answer or not. But, you know, is it too soon to ask where this may rank in your MCU movies? Have you thought about that? I don't want to put anybody on the spot. Uh, definite top ten may crack top five. Okay. Too soon for me. I, I, like, I like to list them all out and see where things land. Because I, I used to, like, make a lot of statements, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's my new top three, and top three, and top, and then I wound up having, like, 15 things that were in the top three, and I'm like, this just isn't right. Yeah, I have an ongoing, uh, continuously changing list of MCU movies. Well, yeah. it, it, it really, it kind of, Brian, you've mentioned this many times in the past, but it, it kind of depends on the last movie you saw. Like, god yeah. damn, that movie's great. And then you see the next one, and you're like, holy fuck, that movie's awesome. And it's just like... <laughs> Yeah, it just yeah, it's, like, it's ever changing. I have a definitive bottom three, you know, like it's, but the top three, top five, it's it's really tough to say after only seeing it once. All right, so I'm looking at my, so I, there, there's an app or website slash app that I started using called Letterboxd. That's like a a movie app thing so you can make lists so i have a constantly changing list of like my ranking of mcu movies uh so currently according to my list that i'm looking at right now top five for me winter soldier endgame the first avengers far from home iron man wow winter soldier still number one there's it's hard to shake that one for me i mean i can tell I, you right I now i completely agree i fucking love that movie so for me, Infinity War, 
Endgame, Winter Soldier, Guardians, and Thor Ragnarok. So this, I don't think, is cracking those five for me. Okay, that's fair. But it may very well be number six. It's going to be like that, uh, the first Avengers, Guardians 2, all vying for that next spot, I think. Those three kind of pushing around for that sixth spot. So I'd say, yeah, it's top ten. Okay, that's fair. Um, and I guess lastly, do we want to do we want to end this with a rating out of ten, as we, I guess, normally try to do for most of our movie stuff? Is any any volunteers to go first for their rating? Go for it, Andy. I'd say eight and a half. All right, I'd go nine point two five, maybe nine point five. Yeah, I think I, I I feel like I'm with you, Mike. I'm I'm I I. Instinctively, just want to say ten, just because I fucking loved it so much. But it's—I don't feel like it's a perfect movie. I think I gave Endgame a ten, and that's not a perfect movie either. But um, I'm I'm gonna go nine point five. I think it's it's really good. It's up there for me. The just the 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 villain being fueled by Tony Stark again. I think is is just a, a hang up. I can't get. Yeah, it it, it feels like Spider Man is too heavily driven by Iron Man. Yes, and I want to see him break out of Iron Man's shadow in future movies. Like, not even mention him. I mean, yeah, you can have happy and stuff in there, but yeah, less less talk of, like, this whole movie is trying to get him to be the next Iron Man, and I'd, I'd rather not talk about that. I want to hear about Spider-Man, not the next Iron Man. So that's, yeah, that's, I guess, my .5 docked. But still fantastic. I, fu- I do fucking love it. I just want to point out the time travel that makes absolutely no sense, doesn't get any docked points, and villain that again deals with Sony Street. <laughs> I'm just I know, just and I think again, I think I think I'm riding high off of when we saw Endgame. That if you know, if I tried to critically, and I think you even mentioned this when we reviewed it. If I tried to look at it critically, I would not give it a perfect score. But the way I felt coming out of that movie, I yeah. had to give it a ten. I yeah, I understand that. I was just it was emotionally fueled after after all of that. That three-hour adventure. Sure. Which, and I will say too, I saw it actually again this past week. Um, I had a couple friends that actually hadn't got to it yet, so they finally just literally took the day off. And I was like, I have the day off too, let's go. Um, and after not seeing it for a while, it hit me emotionally a lot more this time than it did any of the other previous viewings. Because you knew it was coming, or? Like, I don't know what it was, like just just experiencing that story again but like every time tony stark is on screen talking i'm getting choked up like it was it was a real roller coaster had it gotten spoiled for them they said they went in pretty clean nice. which i was really surprised and happy about but i mean for me the part that will always within game no matter what happens every time i watch that movie when his daughter says she wants hamburgers and Happy says, yeah, your dad liked hamburgers, too. Doesn't matter. Every time, that's going to get me. Yeah. There's a lot of things in that movie that won't get me every time. That is an exception. It, like, it doesn't matter how many times I watch that movie. That that moment is there. I think I think the part that surprised me is at the beginning is when Tony finally gets to Earth and sort of has a little bit of his breakdown when he sees Cap for the first time and it's like talking about losing the kid. Like that part got me. It's the yeah. first ten minutes of the movie. I was like, shit, I'm in for a long ride. 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, it's an emotional movie for folks like us that got this into it. Yeah, after you invest that much time in these characters and this universe, and that movie just puts it all over the top. And on your left will always have that moment that just... Yes, yeah. I... Yeah. After every screening, I feel like I have to listen to Portals, that song from the soundtrack, just on repeat on the drive home. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're gonna we'll we'll close it down. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes, leave us five star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. And uh, I must mention too, because I finally decided to look. Uh, we do have a new review, so I'm gonna give a shout out to Make Large Huge, who says best podcast period. Take it to the crust. That that is the review. <laughs> new review on iTunes, five stars. I love it. Um, and as always, you can find us on Facebook www.facebook.com slash friends and you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions there. You can try to email us friends at gmail.com I probably will not see it. Good luck. Uh, or you can tweet us on Twitter at bgsuperfriends and that I will get back to you. Uh, on behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time. Thank you, McLarge Hughes. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>